This month's WolfNet Radio podcast is proudly supported by Ares Games and Miniatures. AriesGamesAndMinis.com You are listening to WolfNet Radio, the show that starts with a ring of fire summer solstice and ends with the batch all weekend road trip. I'll be your host this evening, Matthew Bloodbath Barons. No host is always able to join us. Andrew, I want a unity button. The middle crawl. I mean, guys. <laughs> cousin, cousin, Aaron Delta Wolf Transfer, the coach crawl. Welcome back to the show. Shout out to Kevin Dub for that one. Whoop. I had to look really hard, and, and someone had to point it out to me. He's like, hey, look at the cockpit. And I'm like, <laughs> I have two night wolves now. It's even written on the side. <laughs> I didn't even see it. It's <laughs> awesome. It's just like, that's a really Fits. cool night wolf. And white paint, it fit in real well. <laughs> As well, Thomas, Reverend Silent Sea Raven Kruger. Hey, I, honest to God, have a drink for you guys. I already created, and not created, but I already got, I know which one I'm bringing, and it's an army special. Is it for a blessing? Oh, yeah. Holy water. And last but not least, Luke, there's no fighting in the war room. Charles Gideon Dirks. Welcome back. Thank you very much. And tonight, special guest with us this evening, author most recently of Shell Games and Redemption Rift, Members of War, uh, a lot of other great stories. One, the only, Jason Spencer. Welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Wait, this isn't where I parked my car. <laughs> <laughs> so just to get off on, on the right foot, uh, Jason, thanks for joining us. Uh, you want to tell us just a little bit on how you got into uh, tech and being an author? I have to try and do this shortly. Okay. Um, you, you can take as much time as you want. You take all the time you need. Okay. Well, in the beginning, the earth was new. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there was light. And there was darkness. Bang. So, and then Jason Smetzer back. said, let there be dragoons. Oh, no, I didn't say that. I just did, don't want him to die. Um, <laughs> Thank you for that. Thank you. <laughs> also, I, uh, I, I went to college to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And I in just about everything except telecommunications, because I know I didn't have any chance on TV. Um, <laughs> I stumbled into a creative writing class and was hooked. Um, so that's how I got into writing. And then what happened was, is I went home after discovering writing in college. I was cleaning out my closet from when I was a kid, found the Battletech box. I thought, wait, this used to be cool. I used to love this. Let's see what's going on. So I did a little digging and discovered, what was that thing called? Then Quarterly. Mm-hmm. The fan magazine, Mac, Something Quarterly. MacForce Mac Mac Quarterly. That one. Um, it had submission guidelines, so I thought, I'm a writer now. I went to one class. I know what I'm doing. I'll start writing this. <laughs> yeah. Fast forward probably five or seven years of, you know, either not hearing anything back or getting very polite rejection letters because, hey, you know, I couldn't really spell then or anything. <laughs> um, there was this new thing called Battlecore, um, and they had submission guidelines, so I started writing and sending stuff to that, and I started getting back, you know, the same kind of very polite form rejection letters. 
and said, well, I'm obviously a professional. I have like two college degrees in this and I think I can spell. So I'm going to keep trying. Eventually just wore them down. Um, nice. Just to get Lauren to buy my stuff and <laughs> the cliche, but the rest is kind of history because I never stopped. I was usually the guy, especially in those early years, because I had no life that I just wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote. So I been as hard as I could. Um, eventually I you, took over running Battlecore. I got to write a novel, to write another novel, to write another novel. Between there are a whole bunch of story stories, a whole bunch of source books. And then that brings us pretty close to today. I think I can spell now. I think that's where I've gotten to. That was pretty good. And you wore them, and you wore them all the way down to the nub. Yeah, I don't know if that's the way you're. That's the professional way to do it, but it's the Midwestern way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just put a new sharpening stone on after that. So, so is that your advice for everybody who's uh, submitting for shrapnel? <laughs> is just send and send and send. That's my advice, honestly, to anybody who thinks they want to write professionally. Um, you have to send and send and send. If you want to sell the shrapnel, yeah, keep sending them. I and mean, if they give you any advice back, listen to it. Yeah, I was just going to say that. <laughs> the, uh, the number one thing that I learned when I was running Battlecore is you know, people who take direction are rare and precious. So if, you, if you're submitting to a market and you get actual feedback from the editor, listen to what they say and show that you listen the next time and they'll love you for it. Most of us are just firing it off into the mist, going, nope, 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 maybe, please, God, get it right next time. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> no, if and you can be, and then you, you said, free letters work. Yeah. You can get to be the holy crap, you listened and you got it, then a step ahead because, much as most of us don't want to hear it, I know I certainly hated learning it every time I had to learn it. Editors are people too. So if you're saying curb your ego to become a writer, then I'm out. <laughs> Oh, I, well, I there. <laughs> I'm not kidding there. How'd you get through the door? <laughs> it's, it's tough sometimes. You got to turn sideways. That's why you just do get... a podcast. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> then you just got to have one guy kind of scribble stuff and then everybody just talks about it. That's the way we do it, folks. Every month. All right. So, um, we were talking earlier a little bit and um, there's some new things. There's a lot of new things coming out and do you have any clearance clearance of giving us an anecdote or something from blood will tell coming out. Uh, I can tell you, let's see. What is it? Has anything been announced about that? The title, obviously that's about, about it. It's about blood and it says something, I guess um, <laughs> <laughs> it says blood. <laughs> uh, let me think here it's a what can i give away and not get smacked by my editor um right hey you can get smacked by your editor it's okay we won't tell anybody the paperback will be 13.95 <laughs> Tr- trust us your, your editor doesn't listen it's fine <laughs> oh but he knows people who do that's the same <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's the problem uh, Shit. When, it, when this gets to you john nothing but love um <laughs> So I have John on too sometime. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to work on that here in a little bit. I, hey, we're we're making. Uh, I'll, I'll get to it here after. Oh, a bit. is that the John that we know? No, that's John Helfer's. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
No, not the John we know. Well, that's the John I was talking about. I mean, we don't know oh. him as like okay, in a biblical no, sense. yeah, no, but yeah, 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 that's helpers. <laughs> we know his title. <laughs> we know of John. Now he's gonna get a really big head. Here's talk, <laughs> talk about that one. Good, um, maybe, good. Maybe we can get him on the show then. <laughs> yeah, what is it go. like wrangling all of these writers? <laughs> and he probably doesn't need an excuse to drink. So you're right. This might be, good. be like herding cats. <laughs> <clears throat> so some of the books we listed like shell games redemption rift embers of war uh those are some spectacular books um i made a whole double lance just from well, a single lance just from embers of war it's the uh, stealthy tigers such a fun story to read oh, i love that book um you signed that one for me jason by the way Paul. The one. Many, many huh? the one. <laughs> huh? That, that You're one? the one. What do you mean you don't remember me? <laughs> hey, <Matt. clears throat> oh, that was many so, cons ago. I gave him a dragoon hat. Does he remember me? Two years ago? I do. All right. All right. Probably remembers you because he had to get out of your way. Oh, there's a fat joke right away. <laughs> God dang it. We didn't even make it 10 minutes in. Ding. <laughs> Ding. All size <laughs> has nothing to do with speed bumps. I was not warned to prepare jokes. I feel unprepared now. Oh, no, it's okay. We got jokes. <laughs> we got jokes. <laughs> right, moving along. So uh, we had some. We had a lot of questions from uh, fans and ourselves. Uh, <clears throat> why don't we get started with that? Um, here's the first one. What do you think are the differences in how you view the dragoons compared to other writers? Who have written Dragoon fiction? He and other writers. Okay, so that's going to be me and Blaine and Bob, and maybe one yeah. other that I'm thinking of. Yeah, well, it's a, short, it's a pretty short list. Yeah, it's a yeah. very short list. Yeah, I, I mean, and honestly, guys, I think one of the reasons it's short is people are are they're imposing. It's it's one of the most popular, most longest lived factions. I think people are afraid to play with it. They're afraid they're going to get it wrong. Um, Ooh. I might differ from other writers. Uh, the only one doing it currently right now that I know of is Blaine. Um, he and I actually have a pretty close opinion of them. Um, it's not a, really a question. I mean, we don't really disagree on too much about them. It's just a, a different, you know, the differences in our books are differences in just how we approach storytelling. Um, they're good at what they do. They're the, they're the gold standard. So, you know, we've, will love them or hate them because they're the gold standard. They're either the pros pros or they're those guys everyone loves and gives everything to and they never have any real challenges. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's a question of which point of view you want to subscribe to. I think pros pros holds a lot more water just because they're there. And yeah, so writers made those stories up, but writers made those stories up. I mean, writers made all these stories up. Thor says in Ragnarok, all words are made up. doesn't really matter. Um, you and Blaine aren't making it easy for us, Dragoon guys. <laughs> their, their, their plot armor has uh, lessened a little bit in the last few years, which is okay. That's good. It, no, we. Like I, I said, actually we, really, I really like the fact that you're you're starting to. They've always been vulnerable, right? I mean, we've talked about this on the podcast, you know, before as well about when they first came to the sphere and, you know the 
family slash brotherhood slash insular type uh, how they had to be with each other. I mean, it was it was us against the world. Um, and there is a certain amount of vulnerability in that viewpoint that is, I think it's really good to see that kind of coming out now. It's not, hey, they win everything that they do, which they haven't, but that's not what people look at when you say Dragoon. As soon as you say Dragoon, everybody's plot armor, right? They don't, they can't do anything wrong. They always win. Well, they don't, but it was the fact that they have more of a winning record than they have a losing. It's just, you have to take into consideration when they lose, they lose big. <laughs> it, it isn't, well, we lost this deal. We lost our world. We lost regiments. We lost, we lost our identity. Right. And when you take a step back and think about how you have to build all of those things back up, those are monumental tasks. Absolutely. And I think one of the fun things that, that, I mean, I've only got a couple opportunities to play with about this, let's call them the original Dragoon. So 30, 50 and before. Yeah. It's, it's, if you actually force yourself to sit down and do the thought experiment of what that was like, it's psychotic. It's a miracle. I even live four years. It's just, yeah. It's it's an entire like a an insular group of literally thousands of people who every single day were afraid someone was going to figure them out every single day because they couldn't not. They're human. You know, we all fear that. And you and then you, you know <laughs> cycle into that that you know half the people you meet are below average intelligence. So they're going to have some idiots in there, and it's a miracle they got away with it. So that that sense of community that you mentioned is is to me the most fun part. Because what if you if you threaten that? If you what if you challenge? You know, I just love what, that. I just love that comment of like you know you're gonna have some some silly guys in there like huh, I can't spell medium laser but I can lift it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have uh, you have a great thought and I lost it because I'm not drinking beer. Damn it. Um, you have oh, it was the plot armor piece. So, the thing in my experience, because I I know I I try not to get into these conversations because you know usually everyone has their own opinion and it's formed and they're not really looking for change. They just want to have their opinion confirmed. My opinion has always been, yeah, win a lot. They get beat a lot. What they don't do, and when this is where the plot armor piece will come in, is they don't often screw up. Yeah. They'll go out and they'll get beat. You know, Battles of Hesperus, Anton Civil War, they get their ass kicked a couple times. They do it right. Just go out and honestly get beat. That happens. That's that's okay. You know, I get a lot of flack in my career because I write a lot of stories. The point of view of a guy who gets his ass kicked is still the protagonist of the story. I think because those are the most interesting people. It's not that they're wrong. It's not that they lose. Rather, it's you know, it's not that they screw up just got beat that's life no i think that comes down to training too because <clears throat> even back in the day on the battletech ccg card a wall street goons pilot said dragoon pilots are so good because we prefer spending money on training instead of death benefits colonel jamie wolf wall street goons outreach 19 december 3049 did you memorize that no Okay, <laughs> but, but Jason, I think it also it also goes back to something that you said earlier too about them just being 
the professionals, right? That they can take that beating and get back up. In right. it's like a piece of steel. <laughs> well, I mean, it's in life, right? I mean, it's it's not how many times you get knocked knocked down; it's how many times you get back up. That's right. It's it's Being resilient, and that right. that's dragoons. Yeah, the Rocky Balboas of BattleTech. <laughs> That's very cool, Jason. So, what you talked about the thirty fifteen before? What is your, I guess, what is your thought process of the thirty? You know, post jihad dragoons, and we're seeing that now in in the the fiction now that they're not as close knit family as as they used to be because I mean, obviously, they got their backs broken. And they've had to take on these spurs, as, as they're called. Um, and they, you know, they live because they're, oh, we've heard of the Dragoons, but they're, you know, a lot of them aren't, they don't quite get it, maybe. I don't know if that's the right word, but what's your thought process of the, the 31, 40, and after uh, Dragoons? Uh, 31, 40, and after are guys out to prove it, I think. Um, and the reason I think that is kind of twofold. Um, first is, you know, I think, I think 3050 is is not just the turning point in that they you know they went public with everything they are they lost lost the armor of their mysteriousness oh yeah uh, like like we all we all fear things we don't understand mr grins worked for 50 years because no one understood where the hell they came from they're doing it no one no you know it doesn't work out now that you know well they have clans behind them they have they have all this wonderful technology they have all this excellent training blah 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 whether it's true or not you know mysteriousness is gone they don't have that you know, they don't have that loaded die in their back say well yeah you don't know where we got it from maybe it's alien space bats who knows you know they don't know now they have to prove it so hmm. we don't we don't really know we don't really know because no one's really ever written down what they did between hod and call it blackout <gasps> there there's a couple notes we don't know we don't know how they fought. We don't know how they trained. We don't know if they had fights. We don't know if they broke up and split up and came back together. We don't know those things. I'm glad we don't because it gives us reasons. I mean, I'm the last guy to say write everything down. But I never really sounds like that. sounds like a great next book to me. <laughs> I never really thought of that whole they lost the mystique after they told everyone that there were clans. I, that 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 makes that makes a lot of sense. And it's not that they had to. It's not that they had to change tactics, or they suddenly got shittier. It's just. But like you said, they lost that little coin yeah. in their pocket that there was an unspoken fear of them because nobody knew who they were. But now they do, and huh? Well, yeah. So I mean, a couple of you guys have been in fights, so you've won a fight. You don't think you can win a fight, mm-hmm. you know, or or to make it down. Uh, let's go back to an example from my childhood. Remembers the Nintendo Ninja Turtles game. Yep. 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 Oh yeah. That 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 goddamn underwater level with the seaweed that shocked the shit out of you. <laughs> How many of us got stuck on that level until we watched someone beat it? I I just think I threw the game away after that. I don't think I ever beat it. <laughs> I mean, I, I was a kid, and this was like obviously my childhood trauma. So this is you know the worst thing in my in my silly white bed experience. <laughs> coach, did you drop? Coach, did you drop and drink milk? Yep. There you go. D and D, the old vitamin D. Smart, gonna be a long night. Pace yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, wa- I, re- I still remember watching my cousin beat that level of the game and going, 
shit, that's easy. And I picked up the controller and I did it. That's all it was. Now extend that shitty metaphor into warfare. Extend that into insular culture. People who have never moved who have the mysteriousness and suddenly that mysterious is gone. You're going to have every shitty mercenary in the world going, shit, and now I know their secret. I can take them. That's going to extend across the rest of their career. Because yep. once the mysterious wears off, then you're going to have that period of people making fun of them for it or, or dismissing them for it, going, well, just they're not they're not anything. They don't know what the hell they're doing. They don't have clans behind them anymore. They have to train harder. They have to get better. They have to do all the things that they're going to do. They're half the best. And that was the theme that I tried to hit on Redemption Rift the most because that was the turning point for them. You know, We were, we were trying really hard to, to not you know build them back up to five regiments in a world with a fleet of warships because that's honestly kind of bullshit. But make them in their reputation back give them their self-confidence back sure. the only way they could do it was just you have to be the best you have to define the best and then we have to exceed it and after you jihad know? they did get kind of knocked down to yeah you really do need to prove yourselves now yeah that's, see huh. but one of the th- one of the things that i've always been interested about that in certain respects the fall of the dragoons doesn't make a lot of sense for me in the jihad era because of deacon fraser right mm-hmm. in 3055 during the civil war deacon and jeanette came back from the combine now deacon fraser and jeanette ran trained the ryukin they they were the the people who gave the ryukin that dragoon sauce, if you will, to how their command structure works, the lightheartedness, the, the flexibility, the adaptability of, of their formations and even their interactions, right? Mm-hmm. That he came back and Mav was killed in the Donner incident, but he was there. And for me, having him in a position now, granted, Maybe he was killed. And at this point, that's the only thing that makes sense to me in that they fell as hard as they did because he was a figure who he was there from the, I mean, he was a war orphan, but he was indoctrinated and had all of the thing that was a dragoon. He could teach that. And the fall with him in still not accounted for bothers me. A little bit. I don't know if that makes. I don't know if that makes a lot of sense, but um, well, it does. It just, unfortunately, there's not a. I mean, I was there for some of that stuff. By that point, I was writing books for. I was writing at least some content for her. Okay. I, wasn't, I wasn't writing dragoon stuff yet, so I didn't really have a voice in it. But it, I can tell you, it was not addressed at that time. I, I would have been in that conversation probably. I would have probably forced myself into it at that point. But I don't think we talked about that. I don't remember talking about it. I'm not going to say that no one else ever did. Um, a lot of that, I mean, a lot of that also is just, it's a side effect of what we did in the jihad. I'm not going to say that it was, you know, Herb, that Herb did anything wrong. I know he gets a lot of flack for that. We all did it. He was in charge, you, obviously, but we all did it. And it was just... What are your thoughts about the jihad? Do you think that it... Did you accomplish what do you feel the powers that be and the line of the jihad was was the end goal achieved 
in the way that you wanted to? Uh, there's there's a question that, there's a that wasn't question. there. There's a question that wasn't written down that just came to mind. <laughs> Jesus, where's my whiskey? Um, Shots. Oh. Plausible deniability. <laughs> let me let me answer that in two pieces. The first is I wasn't deep enough in the room to to answer that for the line or for like the group of us. Um, I think we rushed it at the end. I think I think we had a map and we ran out of time. At least that's yeah. how, that's how it felt to me for the pieces I was working on. I don't know if that would be Herb's answer. I don't know if that would be anyone else's answer. Um, was I mean, it was like any project. There were parts of it that were a lot of fun, and there were parts of it we were just like, "Why? What? No, no, that doesn't. Okay, I guess we're going there. I'll make it work somehow." <laughs> um, but that's just working in somebody else's property. You know, I don't. As I would like to, I don't get to make all the decisions. Yeah. And I think on the fan side, that's what it was too. It was like, okay, we're going here now. And then all of a sudden it was like, hey, we went there, we're, we're waiting. And then it just kind of, you know, petered out a little bit. So, oh, shit. But if it wasn't for the jihad, we wouldn't have what we have now, which is what I think is awesome. I think Battletech Fiction is back and it's, it's just getting better and better and better. And I, I think it needed to have that reset button. It just, could it have been done better? Yes. But there's no reason to look back and you know. insight's perfect for all of us. Yep. Um, it's interesting that you guys bring up Deacon Fraser. I mean, I think I think the one thread that I still want to go back and pull on, I haven't figured out how to do it yet, is there are Tetsuharas in the Dragoons now. Mm-hmm. Yep. I would love to figure out where they went and what they did. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh, you'll find a way. Get your tin hats yeah. out, boys and girls. Yeah. <laughs> Get your tin hats out. I'm done, done. I, I haven't, I haven't, I don't have the story yet. Um, well, that would know, be very and, interesting. And we were talking earlier before we started recording about how I, you know, I drive myself off people, not stories. I don't, I don't know, know their last name. Let's put it that way. That, but that's about all I have at this point. But I still think it'd be cool to go there and find something. Well, I mean, you made a comment in Redemption Rift too about when, when, um, Tori showed Hack the cave, mm-hmm. and you know Hack knew about the cave because he made a comment about, you know, we had a Tetsuhara in the ranks. Mm-hmm. So you know that was, it was knowledge, but of course, you know, I think Jamie Wolf and his command were the only ones who actually visited visited it because Nokasuna was gonna commit seppuku in, in the cave and they talked him out of it right so yeah i mean there's the i think there's some really really interesting ground that could be covered from them leaving outreach and who made it off outreach i mean because that that could dictate a lot of the story anyway but that that gap there there's you could do some really interesting exploration if you wanted to there that could be really fun a really fun read well if you guys know let me let me give you guys the little nugget that might get me in trouble Mm -hmm. oh we like these i can say so i'm I'm just gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna end this this piece of my conversation with one little note and say that i can guarantee that not one word has been written about this anywhere yet so it's entirely theoretical i i sent john uh helfers we were talking the other day i sent him a text a couple weeks ago it was really short and just said, I want to remind you, Amy Wolf had kids. 
Say that again. Amy Wolf. Amy Wolf had kids. Jamie ah. Wolf had kids. Yeah. Yep. No. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he did. Oh, oh. Oh. I like this. <laughs> I said that's not a really one good word. nugget, man. <laughs> that's a really good nugget. <laughs> and I know the name of the show I'm on. Give me the something. <laughs> well, you, uh, you, you you throw a Jamie Wolf. Like great grandbaby in with the Tetsuhara great grandbaby. Oh. That would be that'd be a pretty interesting story. <laughs> it's like a trilogy worthy. Yeah. Oh, don't get my hopes up. Well, yeah, well, now so, you haven't written a single word or even have an idea yet. But I'll just remind you that's a fact in canon. All the people who love to cite canon at me—that's a fact in canon. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and, and, and just to remind everybody, because Jason, you do write more than just Dragoon stuff. What was it like writing uh, Republic of the Sphere for Shell Games? Oh, weird. Yeah. That was such <laughs> a good book. And yeah, there's funny. there's a change of gears for you. <laughs> <laughs> what was that term, Dirks, that I used with describing it was the a ground wall. guide? That was exactly what he just did there. That was a ground uh, there, guide. There was another one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Side of the mountain shivered. What was that? Oh no, it slithered. Slithered. Side, the side with of the mountain slithered with all the BA climbing it. Oh, that was so awesome. cool. That was like releasing the kraken. That was a really good line. <laughs> that was one of my favorites too. Just yeah, every once in a while, I get lucky. River of BA going up the side of a mountain. Oh, so cool. Because <laughs> we love BA around here. Shell games was fun. Yeah. What, was, uh, what was your favorite part of Shell Games with the writing of that? But this is where I, I admit to some people there's something that writers don't like is you know, I all of us, all of uh, anyone who writes professionally has to go in and get an, an outline approved. Mm-hmm. You don't, you know, you don't just it's like even I can't call up and just say, Hey John, I'm gonna write a Wolf Dragoons novel. How much do you pay me? Like that's not how it works. You, know, you have to you have to pitch an idea and make sure that it makes sense and that you know where you're going with it and, and whether it's going to work. It's not uncommon, certainly for me, to find what I like to call nuggets within that story where I had no idea I was going to write it until it starts coming out of my head and suddenly it becomes my favorite part of the piece. For me, honestly, my favorite piece in that whole book is uh, the woman autocannon Oh, what's her name? Marissa. Yes. Well, not Marissa. Yes. That's the that's the cop. Um, I don't remember yeah, you, the auto cannon officer. Of that auto cannon and loading that's, it. Yeah, the gun team. Oh yeah. <clears throat> that, one, that one, and then the scene where she, um, scene where they're she's running through the mountain later, and they shoot the guy with the with the missile. It was fun. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I, I'm going to get myself in saying this. Is, is, is in what, honestly, what I liked about that is I could just back and write a decent military scene and not worry about the battle tech numbers for a second. That's right. <laughs> could, inject, could inject just a little bit of honest, hopefully reasonable physics and say, yeah, this is how it would actually happen. Thanks. Yeah, there, I'm, I'm, there I'm pretty so sure. There's so many good stories like what veterans talk about where it's like, hey, we were up against a bunch and there was nothing we could do. So, you know what we did? We took out the law and we pushed the button. (laughs) (laughs) So hitting a a BA with a missile in a confined space of a hallway, oh, pure magic. I'm pretty sure 
I'm pretty sure it says right on the side of the SRM launcher, not for indoor use, but. <laughs> well, it's either that or get sprayed by BA. So, like, damn, you know, if you're damned if you don't. It's funny you mentioned I'll that. Just, I'll, I'll do me. anything once. <laughs> I remember, I don't know if it was an editor fact check, but I had I had conflicting opinions because I had one guy say, one guy say something like, and I apologize, these might have been guys or girls, I can't remember their names. Um, one guy say, are you talking about the temperature and the air pressure? That's stupid. And then another guy say, holy shit, you got it right. It makes a difference. Like, I'm like, guys, it's a freaking rocket in enclosed space. It's a shit ton of heat. And like, of course, like, are you stupid? Of course it's going to change the pressure. <laughs> when are, when they, are we talking about they, fact checkers again? Yeah. Fact checkers. Checkers. When they developed the AT4 anti-tank launcher, they made it originally designed like you could not use it inside a building. And then when they realized, hey, through R&D and time of war, you could not use it in a building. Someone says, this is stupid. We can't use this in the building. Make me one that shoots out of a building. Like, hey, we'll just add like salt water pressure that, you know, de-escalates the overpressure from the blast and the back blast. Okay, great. Now you can shoot one out of a building. Problem solved. <laughs> Love it. Nothing works better than R&D and practical execution of using something. Completely different. Somebody puts something on paper, way different than using it in real life. But in this case, hold my beer and watch this. Well, and that's and that's something that we have in the software world all the time, too, is, is that yeah. when, when you engineer something and <laughs> have, have an idea of, this is how we intend it to be used. I promise you, I promise you, there's going to be some jack wagon. It's going to figure out some way to use the damn thing that you never even thought of or intended. And that's right. The someone board, like, that's right, all the way back to the drawing board. Yeah. Someone like me is going to use it like a rock or a paperweight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing with that hard drive? Um, it's windy. Jason. Uh, you mentioned names, and and there's there's one thing that we like to ask the writers, especially with the Kickstarter going on, is is basically how are you handling uh, the character canon and putting people in fiction for for the Kickstarter? Well, unfortunately, guys, I don't have a good answer for you here because I'm desperately trying to get my hands on it. Oh, really? Yeah. I haven't seen the yeah. list yet. Okay, interesting. Um, so. I don't know that I don't I don't think that's anyone's fault or that there's any flaw with it. I just haven't gotten in touch with the right people or gotten wired up to the right things yet. Sure. I, I can't wait to start using those names. Um I just haven't had a chance yet. I'm sure they'll come out and eh, let's see, the next thing I have out is probably that short story. There won't be in that. Um there should be some in Blood Will Tell. Um I've been sitting here telling you thinking what I can tell you guys about that. Let's see. So that's I can say it's a faction novel. It's <laughs> current day. And it nice. is based on a character I've never written before. Ooh. Yeah, discovered, I don't think you've discovered plan stuff, so I think we can. Uh... No, hold on. I got. I got to follow up on names because this wasn't something okay. that came up. This wasn't something came up in Blaine's book, but I'm curious: Are dragoon honor names still a thing? Yeah, they are in my book. They yes. are in your book. Okay. Okay. Um, they certainly are in Redemption Rift. Um, I even mentioned it once or twice. Uh, they should be. I don't think Blaine touched on them. 
Um, no, and that and that's kind of where I was asking because in Blaine's in Blaine's book, it was more about those who could trace their heritage to the originals, to, to the original dragoons, not necessarily honor names. And while there were while there are people in the unit who have names that trace back by not necessarily commenting on it we were in that book it's led to believe that if you had a last name of an original dragoon you could trace lineage it wasn't that it may have been an honor name or not so Mm. i was just curious as to whether is that still a thing and will we will we see that going forward Uh, i think you probably will um i don't think you know, because I hadn't I hadn't thought about Blaine's book from that standpoint, but now that you're asking me to, I think I see what you're saying. Um, I don't think they're mutually exclusive. It's been a minute since I read Wolfpack, but I don't think they were then either. I think you had opportunity. I think anyone I think anyone could challenge for an honor name, but you didn't need to be a sib. You didn't need to be Ironborn to do it. Um Okay. So oh, I, I, then, I need to go back and check references, but I mean, there's we're certainly still there in Redemption Rift because I wouldn't. I've walked away from that. Um, okay. Well, with the the names thing, the the big thing is because I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people that are like, I'm in the Wolf Dragoons. I'm in the Wolf Dragoons. They you know they wrote down affiliation Wolf Dragoons, and being the Wolf Dragoons guy, I mean one of the the premier Wolf Dragoons guy, I think you're gonna have a long list. <laughs> That wouldn't surprise me. So it, it, I'm just, it's, it's good to hear that you're, you're excited about it because I, I, I can see where some writers are just like, ugh, you know, it, just pick a name out of the hat. But then, you know, they paid money and they filled the bio thing out and like, okay, they have to be this thing or this thing. And, and I know, uh, I, I'm pretty sure that it's come down from the top. So you can take, you know, leniences or, or you know, just. People just want to see their names in the books. Now, I don't know how far along the, the bio you have to go for that, but um, it'll just be it's what interesting that, to... What, that they want to be a con of some of, of some man? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. You Sorry. knew there was going to be those people, though. <laughs> it just That just, really, guys? I mean, <clears throat> did you think this through at all? <laughs> That's why I chose a little position. So are we gonna are we gonna hear more about Castle and are we gonna hear more about Kincaid as as we go f- move further along on the timeline? I think so. Um, okay. We had we came up with a couple good ideas at the summit of where to go. Um, I, think, I don't think we actually. May, I'm, I, I'm not. I'm not stuttering because I don't know what I can say. I'm trying to what we actually decided. <laughs> I think. I don't think we've crossed anybody off the list. I mean, it's been a lot of years since we saw Hack. One uh, of my favorite Jagoon characters, by the way. I love Hack. Yeah. When I I wanted to ask you too about I, I was just rereading Redemption Rift before we had the podcast and and uh I wanted to ask you about there was the scene when they came out of the cave and they were in the car after the explosions happened and Kincaid was, you know, ultra focused like like he is. And they're in the car and, you know, Tori tries to get his attention back because they just had their moment or whatever. <laughs> and 
Mm. And she goes, you know, we're complicated. And when he makes the, the chuckle and he says complicated, I like that. And he says, you have no idea. To me, there is like a huge story behind <laughs> that statement alone. Not with the fact that he's a Dragoon Colonel and she's a general in the Kirita force. There's something bigger going on in that statement. I was just whether you I mean again we understand Redemption Riff was was a number of years ago and, and but whether there was anything that you had there that was a trigger for we'll come back and revisit this at another point in time or something like that. But it I just read Easter that. Egg. and the <laughs> second time through it it struck me. I was like that sounds like there's a really big thing going on. It would just be cool to hear about it. It was like a tangent story. Yeah, this is probably where I'm supposed to say neither confirm nor deny, but I don't remember. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> I was hoping you'd say it. It's like, no, nah, it just sounded cool. <laughs> Maybe, Maybe not. At the time, I don't know. Um, I was shot down my hopes and dreams. Oh, my God. Uh, I don't know. Um, to be honest, this the the story of his that I haven't figured out how to tell yet that I that I, that I think is more interesting is is actually a, the younger him. Um, I'm less interested in where he goes up. If, I mean, did pretty damn good in Redemption Rift. Um, there's not a lot. There's not, I mean, again, well, not story. I have to find a way to hurt him if I want to use him again because he's he's at the top of his game. Um. But, I think it'd be really interesting to see how he got there. Um, oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, like when they first introduce each other, or when they first when they first meet in the in the terminal, and she goes, "How does a guy with the name Hack become a colonel in the in Wolf's Dragoons?" Again, huge story potential there of mm-hmm. what happened, right? How did how did he how did he get there? So, yeah, it would be very neat to. And I like the fact that within the Battletech universe, you guys are able to go back and yes. and find ways to fill in the gaps. Or, you know, Blaine on the podcast, he he gave you a lot of kudos in the fact that you took two paragraphs out of Shattered Fortress and made shell games out of that. He thought that was really really cool, and we do too. I mean, it was it was a great book. But that's the fun things with 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 Battletech, and you know, for writers that are coming out for Shrapnel, all of those little little tidbits that are there that didn't get expounded upon. You know, take your formula that you just did for shell games, and apply. Right? There's potential for fiction everywhere in this universe. I, I mean, when I, when I was first starting out. Almost every story I sent to Lauren for Battlecore back in the early days when he was still bouncing them because you know, spelling and things like that. Um, almost every one of them was written out of like a sidebar in a source book nice. or uh, yeah. a note yeah. in a, a note in a TRO. Or, um, in hell, I got two stories out of the guy in the Shrek write up in 3026. Um, mm-hmm. it's just, it's, I mean, again, those are the things that are interesting to me. It's, it's not. I, I like money and prestige. I'll write, I'd like to write a spine book and move the story forward, but at the same time, I want to tell stories that I want to read. I like reading about the little guys. And you know, this this will be something else that I, I would like to just give you the the floor and the opportunity to say that we deal with a lot of people in 
on the Facebook or just in general chats or whatever, where it's kind of that we we're constantly saying, you guys, the people who were running this, the, the powers that be, the authors, the writers, everyone, they're just as much invested in this game as we are. Back off. Just give them some space to do what it is that they, they do and trust that they're going to do right by us because they're as fully invested in it as we are. Is that a, would that be a true statement for you as well? hundred percent. Absolutely. It, you know, it comes down to, uh, like I said, I mean, I found these boxes in my closet when I was 20 years old. I remembered them from when I was 14 years old. It, it's, it's stuck with me. I, I'm going back all the way in history. My very, very first ever Battletech experience predates the internet. I sake was very first edition. I still remember lining onto a text only VS, you know, you know, the old dial up modes when you put your phone on the thing. Yep. Yeah. And, and it was a guy trying to run an RPG. I didn't, I didn't know what it was at the time, but I recognize what it was now. It's a guy trying to run a text only RPG session. And, and I just popped in, like I managed to get connected to that specific VBS and into that, that system at the right time to be in the thing. And he gave me a Marauder and I backshot a Demolisher and it blew up. And I was like, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. Like eight <laughs> years old. And I don't know what happened. And here I am 33 years old and writing stories about it now. So <laughs> it's not, you know, we are, in, we are each invested differently. Um, I've, I mean, I've never hidden the fact I'm not a gamer. I don't. You know, I, I come to Gen Con to, to meet people and do stuff like that, but I don't ever really play the games because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. It's not my tea. I love the universe. I love the storytelling. I love that there is a game. I love that there are people who actually say, who might want to, you know, like we were talking before, I love that there are people who take a story that I wrote and actually want to sit down and play it out. That's well, amazing. Gen Con, you come find us. You can play with us. <laughs> well, that's if you want to, but I'm sure we can find a place to sit down and have a cold brew too and all yeah. the shit. That's another thing we're kind of famous for. So yeah, that'd be pretty cool. So speaking of speaking of the old days, what is your favorite chassis? Oh hell. Or that vehicle. Whatever you want. Router? Yeah. It's classy. Now that I'm an adult, I know it comes from Robotech. It has pedigree. Um <laughs> Did you pick out a did you pick out a variant? Oh god, no. I mean it's different for every era. Um, I've, I've, I mean, I've always been a big fan of PPCs. So there's that, um, the Jihad, there's that one with two heavy PPCs. I think that's fun. Um, do you have any favorite units besides Dragoons that you're writing about or others? Um, I think none that I've written, none that I've written about as and to be fair, what happened is I lucked into being the dream guy, dream guy at the right time, so I just kept going with it. Um, but I think other units, not that I can think. I mean, written about so many. Um, none actions really rise really rise to the top like that. Uh, actions like conflicts or factions. Factions. I'm sorry, I misheard. Um, um, eras. Anything? What's your cup? What's your cup of tea? Um, even though I wrote the source book with a lot of help, I want to make that clear. With a lot of help, not really interested in the Star League. It's too big. Um, it's too elephant in the room. What's your take on the Republic of the Sphere? 
Mm. And well, first of all, how do you pronounce these? These is it Hastadi and Trigari, or <laughs> how do you pronounce them? <laughs> You have to grab your tongue and hold it off to the left before you start talking. Good question. So, fun fact: my daughter is in high school, and she's been take she has to take Latin every year of high school, and I haven't even tried to ask her how to pronounce it. I don't know. Um, you probably actually could tell me, but I don't know the answer. It's I've always just been. Let me see. So it'd be Stadi Triari, and I'm not even going to try the third. The f- um, feeds feeds. I don't know. I just, that one's easy. That one, that one, that one would be fetus. Or that much Latin. Fetus. It just it's seems the, like it's the, the weirdest names you could come up with for one of the largest factions in today's BattleTech. <laughs> well, they, they just went too heavy with Rome because those are old legionary ranks. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Nice. Well, there's there's an interesting background. Well, it just, were... in shell games, I just love Max's character. I just. It, it just seemed like you had a, an affection for for the paladin Max. He's just super excited to get the hell out of behind the wall and just go wreak havoc. And it seems like you just love writing characters that wreak havoc on the Draconis Combine. <laughs> is, there, is there a little animosity towards the dragon, or? Not that I know of. <laughs> I'm wondering, am I biased and I don't know it? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I think most of us are anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Draconis people uh, are just a, a different breed in in my uh, take. No offense, Tommy. I agree. Some targets just happen to be there every time. <laughs> uh, Shell Games was fun. It was weird. It was. It was fun. The uh, the the face off scene between the two. Um, oh, that was so main, main leaders. I was on the edge of my seat reading, you know, waiting for a blow for blow. Who was going to fall first? That was, it was epic. Cool. It was cool to read a non-clan duel. <laughs> yeah, very much so. And I, and like I love that. that. That was, that was very, and especially <laughs> when they definitely don't abide by clan rules. <laughs> it's like, well, we're all shooting at each other now. In the same direction. That one was fun oh, because that was where I was halfway through writing that before I realized that the um, one guy's mech had um, hardened armor. I had to go look up what the hell hardened armor was. <laughs> no, I got. I was halfway through. I read. I read the, I read the game rules. I was like, "Well, shit." <laughs> okay, bring back up. Well, this is gonna be <laughs> highlight delete. <laughs> No, just, he we put just, it right, right. He just left it in there because it's, it's just like anybody else. Like, oh, I forgot that well, aspect it, of that. It that was makes funny sense. You wrote it in with Max. Like, he's like, oh man, that thing has hard armor. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. That's real life. It imitates life. Yeah. Just I think fucking, my... We just played a tabletop game the other day with some mech with hard armor. Had to go look it up and went, son of a bitch, we've been playing that wrong all the game. <laughs> so, yeah, I feel for you on that one. Was that classic or Alpha Strike? Classic. Go ahead, Dirk. Well, I think the the part of uh, Shell Games that I like... Well, first of all, Jason, Blaine totally let your secret out of the bag, and he said that your titles always are the ending. <laughs> so, so I, I saw somebody somebody told me he said that, and I'm sitting here thinking about it. I was like, well, hope not. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 you well, developed well, 
have you developed a pattern? <laughs> Apparently, I have, yeah. Oh, man, the... it is. <laughs> it's fine, though. It, it kind of is. Go back and all this now. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna get. I'm not gonna give away the ending of uh, Shell Games, but I I liked how that that played out to be accurate for uh, for Blaine's statement. But I I th- the thing I really liked about Shell Games was uh, that each side, like you, did a great job of uh, like comparing like comparing and contrasting each level of each of the two opposing forces. So you had you, you know you had a company. Uh, commander on each side you had a couple you know uh you know uh ground stompers you know you had a you had the higher ups and kind of few people everywhere in between but it did a good job of kind of showing how they operated differently in that setting like what you know what was their duty what was for their own personal goals um and that Overall, it really had a feeling of where I'm here because it's my job. And, you know, and I, I, I guess I really kind of, uh, that made sense to me in the 32nd century when, you know, people are like, well, it's my job. I'm, I'm a soldier. I got to go fight. And that's where it, most of the people are on the battlefield. You have a few that are, uh, maybe a little more personally involved or have their own personal motivations, but, uh, yeah, I guess that was kind of what stood out to me is the how they were pretty good mirrors for each other. Thank you. I have a tendency. I get uh, both interesting. I get both praise and criticism for doing stuff like that. So some people love. Uh, I make a point to shift viewpoints and actually try and get the whole picture. And some people are like, "Just focus. Stop it." <laughs> I want to read about all these people. I want to read about the one person I like, and that's it. Uh, yeah. It- Definitely diversity is the way to go. I I agree. And one last thing, I'm really looking forward to hear more about that female elemental in the fetus. She sounds awesome. I don't remember her name off the top of my head, but she sounds awesome. Oh, I know. I know. Um, What's her name? Yeah, incorporating the the BA and the uh, fast hover tanks. Awesome. Uh, we, We like doing that in gameplay too, so super cool. I'm waiting for something to wait. They're they're attacking a mountain with APCs. What? (laughs) Guns. What? With a lot of APCs, by the way. Why aren't our guns shooting? Because they're not operational. Oh no. (laughs) They're just one slice of land. It's just one hour out of the clock that's not getting uh, attention and piece of pie. That was really cool. I, I I really enjoyed that. And the fact that that's all it took. And that's all it took. That sliver. And the the idea of putting in a back door. Super cool. Mm, mm -hmm. Because it makes it. It's kind of like one of those, like, keyhole, like, uh, Achilles heels. But it makes sense because why wouldn't you if you need to get in the building and it's yours? Well, when you have a base that was built centuries ago. Yeah. And yeah, how like there's just little nooks and crannies all over this thing, and they happen to know where it was. And finding out how they discovered that through plans, you know, because hey, I used to come through here anyways, or knew the I knew the janitor. It makes sense. I was really, really worried 
that whether that would play. So I'm glad you guys liked it. I was oh, I, whole, I, I wasn't at all sure it was going to work. The whole hardlining in and everyone's like, I don't I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> like, My screen won't we work. We pulled everything like, and it's still happening. <laughs> it can't be happening. Like, oh, it is. And then the old guy that that you know, like the the highest NCO in the entire place. Like, no, it that makes sense. Like. You guys screwed up. We're all going to die. Like, <laughs> so awesome. It's always fun to take really hyper professional, highly stressed people and basically reduce them to the game of going, No, your mom. No, your mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and, that, and it's interesting. So, we talked a little bit about, you know, uh, writing source books at, and, you know, how Blaine gave me, I'm, I'm happy Blaine was impressed that I took three paragraphs as a source book and turned it into a story because those three paragraphs were horrifying to me. I was like, wait, wait, I have to, you want, you want me to take mystery mechs from nowhere, peering out of the sky on a district capital, and they have to be off world in three weeks. What, what, how am I going to do that? That, That's not how this works. How any of this works. (laughs) Oh, see, yeah. And I'm I'm sitting here working on the outline for the story. Like, like, Jason, we want you to write this story. And I'm like, can I have the next page? The, uh, no, there's um, more to this, right? <laughs> I was like, "Where's the, where's the rest?" You guys know how math works, right? No, okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "Okay, you, you have to do this." And I was like, "Okay, we gave, what if we do this?" We gave you the first bite. Now finish the sandwich, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, should we go to history? It was uh, Nadine. Nadine. That was the infantry. Nadine, there you go. That was her name. Oh, right. Yes. Nice. Oh, that was, yeah, she was cool. I really enjoyed her character. That was me trying to poach a little back from Blaine. Dragoon, <laughs> <laughs> so I had to put in some bellies. Is there a little geriatrics between the authors? Mm, not too much. It's got to be fun, though. Yeah, I mean, we're actually really lucky in that we don't, I mean, this is going to sound strange, we don't overlap that much. The the places where, I mean, certainly between Blaine and I, the, the places where we want to play are very different. Um, we don't get into many arguments. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Go do you, man. We, I love it. You keep doing it. My sandbox, you go play in yours. Um, <laughs> it, it, it works out really well. Um, we're going to be in trouble if Laura never starts writing books again. Uh, <laughs> he goes, no. goes everywhere. But, uh, far, so, so far, we're safe. Do you guys do you guys have a lot of back and forth where you'll write a chapter or you'll write a couple of paragraphs and fire it off to Blaine and you know does this does this work or um, we do how does this play? Um, okay. It's not a regular thing, but we do we do when we need to. So we I think we both recognize each other's strengths pretty well. So if we ever get in a place where we're thinking like, you know what, he's better at this than me, then we, we ask. It's not, it's, I would call it irregular. Um, again, just because we play in different boxes. Um, sure. I know he's going to write a much better clan story than I am. I can do it when you make me. Um, we'll seem to like the Ice Storms one I did a couple of years ago, but it's not my cup of tea. I let Blaine run that. He's 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 the king of it. He's much better at it than him. His are amazing. I'm not even going to try and compete there. Do you like do you like 
as of late because you have a lot of novella short stories that are kind of stitched together into this larger work do you like writing in that style or do you like novels because we, we've got a couple of novellas that are coming out and we'll have a spine thing and it seems like we're kind of moving towards this novella route instead of fiction you know big you know not big books big books compared to what we've gotten as of late but we'll call it a book right previous up until you know the whole whiz kids fast or whatever you know there were novels now it seems like it's a novella and then that novella will be strung together do you like that kind of writing better or would you rather see you know full-on books uh so before i answer give me a for instance of strung together make sure i understand what you're redemption saying. rift redemption rift oh redemption Hector. rift is uh, or okay. was that or were they done because of Battlecore? Those were done because of well, let me back up. Hector was purely Battlecore. Um okay. Battlecore had a word limit. Battlecore you can only write novellas. Um they just take novels. Redemption Rift, strangely enough, was actually written as a novel. Um fortunately the means to publish it fell through. We never actually got it off the ground. It went to Battlecore as novellas as a backup to get it out there so people could read it. Um, as far as the, the lengths and the mediums, I think it's less comfort and intention as ease of delivery in 2020. Um, okay. you know, we, there were no, there were no delivery vectors, for novella scale fiction in the nineties. And when Fossa was still around and the, and the novel line was going around, like goes the novel line was the novel line. I could only put out a book of a certain length. And that was that was the only way to get words into people's hands. In 2020, you have Amazon, you have you have Kobo, you have all the places people can buy fiction online. Are already in their other reading habits, consuming it generally online. Um, so it lends itself very easily to shorter fiction, whether that's as short as a short story, um, Battlecore, or now Shrapnel, or uh, novellas. Um, novellas work really well on Amazon. Um, I've put a, I spent a fair chunk of my career um, publishing other stuff, not just Battlestar stuff, on on Amazon. I know that platform really well. It's, it works out it's pretty well. Good, it, it's, yeah. it is very convenient. It's a good medium for it. The other piece of it is, and this is honestly, well, not honestly, but arguably legacy thinking just in our own author minds, novellas are easier than novels. Really not. They shouldn't be because they're only, I mean, they're two-thirds the length should be as hard or even a little harder, but we feel they're easier because they're shorter. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Now, instead, I'd love to switch back to just writing novels, but they take so they take longer. I hope that continues to happen too occasionally. Now you, uh, how do you prepare for writing a novella or a novel? What's your, what's your process? Uh, so let me clarify. Do you want to hear about one that's assigned to me or one that I pitch myself? Let's go and do pitch both. yourself. They're different. Yeah, pitch yourself. Um, so pitch myself, I go looking for interesting characters. I go, I go looking for a good story. Um, and a good story for me is about people. Um, so let me do a for instance here. What's the last original thing pitched? Um, published. Uh, well, uh, do you guys remember Vengeance, the Galen Cox novel or the novella? Yep. 
That was that was a, I pitched that. Um, that was just we 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 knew from Mike's um, novels that he had that backstory, that he had that traumatic event um, when he first meets Victor in that first book. But that he's still he's still angry from that. Um, and I thought, well, obviously, how did he get there? You know, how does what 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 builds the guy who's going to become the number two for the most important character in the line? Mm-hmm. Who's who's the um, the sidekick? You know, how do how, how do you build a sidekick? How do you teach someone responsibility to where he becomes Victor's voice of responsibility? Because it's not going to be a guy who saw his parents killed and went off half cocked and probably got himself kicked out of the you know kicked out of the army for being a dick. Like, how do you? Mm-hmm. How does that per- how does that person come around? What happens? I said, well, oh yeah, let's go find out. I read what I read what we'd already written down, which is not a great deal. I did a little math and said, okay, well, what if it's here and here? And we do this, we do this, and you got what you got. I came up with a plausible series of events for the outline, um, and started writing. Um, but it all came from that character. Um, again, I mean. No, I'm working in someone else's sandbox. I know there's always going to be source books and plot line outlines, and where there's going to be summits where we make up the you know the meta plot for the next couple of years. There's always going to be boundaries in the sandbox. I'm less interested in painting those boundaries as I am as playing with the people who are already in the sandbox. If that makes sense. Sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> and when it's assigned, I try and do the same thing. I figure out you know which three paragraphs I have to write about, and I got to look for interesting people in it. Pretty uh, sure. You- Pretty sure when they told me to write shell games, they did not expect me to open it with two guys in the mess hall arguing about bad jokes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the best, though. I mean, that's even how movies start. It's awesome. <laughs> I interrupted someone there. Uh, how about we do our break for this month in history? Uh, actually, we should do before that. So... Today, if anybody saw the uh, update, today we made 500 Facebook members for the page. Woo! 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 501, that actually, is... I just, uh, I just, uh, oh, let's give the guy a shout out. Who did I just approve? Who's 500? Uh, 501. Who's Who's 500? We're at 501. We can now round up to a thousand. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, we can start counting backwards now. Oh, I just approved. Uh, and that is, and and that is that is made possible by fans. So thank you, fans and followers, and that is made possible by people saying, "Hey, you see, they got a Facebook page. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Hey, what, what, oh cool, they got some stuff there. Like, great." So shout out to fans. shout out to Robert Lane, who is our 500th member, and shout out to Sean Smith, who I literally just added uh, five minutes ago for being the 501st uh, officially rounded up to a thousand members. So, and you realize we 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 banter back and forth and fight to actually approve those, correct? <laughs> I think I've been I, I have not been winning. I have not had a very good online presence these days. So. I had like a triple one of those days. It was awesome. Just letting you guys know that they have to answer the question before you approve them. Because I've, I've had to decline some very shady people 
And if you right. are one of those shady people that didn't answer, uh, and <laughs> sorry, I'm coming knocking. But, uh, <laughs> yay us! So now we have uh, we'll have a word from our sponsor of some sort, Andrew. Is that? Yeah, happening? so so tonight tonight marks a a, a bunch of milestones for us. Actually, we huge are past 500 members on our Facebook page. Um, we've gone outside of our box of of friends and people that we know at Gen Con, and having mm-hmm. uh, Jason Smetcher with us tonight. Uh, hopefully, it's a a move up the ladder so we can get more of the powers that be on the show and you know get get their insight into our beloved game of Battletech. And uh, secondly, I'm, I'm really proud and happy to announce uh, that we've been contacted and we accepted our very first sponsor. Um, we would like to express, we'd like to express our heartfelt thanks to Derek King and Aries Games and Miniatures for recognizing WNRP and our mission to bring players together, play this stupid game we call Battletech. Um, for you, those of you on our Facebook group, uh, you've seen Derek. Uh, he's he's active on our forums. Uh, he's making sure that we got the scoop on new products and updates, how and where to get them. Um, tonight, special uh, with uh, Jason being here, uh, you can also get Redemption Rift and uh, Shell Games as print-on-demand products through Derek and, and Aries Games and Miniatures. So <clears throat> would like to say thank you to him for for reaching out and, and saying, Hey, you recognizing the fact that we're maybe trying to do something good. So awesome. You will not be disappointed by those books. Those no. miniatures. We're legit. Ha <laughs> ha. <what>, guys. <laughs> I know the guy so who like, wrote those books. He probably, he's pretty good. I've, yeah. I've, heard, I've, heard, I've heard he's kind of a dick in public though. He doesn't go outside. That's because okay. <laughs> he doesn't go outside. <laughs> <laughs> <All right>. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure everybody is at this point for being sick. Uh, man. <clears throat> yeah. Just that, goes around you. That was, that was weird for us when Derek emailed us. We're like, whoa. Who? When what Derek happened? emailed us. We're like, us? Really? Have you heard the show? Have you ever heard our show? (laughs) Because to be honest with you, I think he contacted us. It was the podcast after the town hall, which Mm. was my Mm. freaking disaster in a half. Why would it be? It tells me they enjoyed it, but that was, I think, seemed like a mistake. Maybe I don't know, but he's (laughs) who's in charge. We've been running back and forth, and it's been, it's awesome. I'm, I'm really excited to see where things go, and, you know, what, what we can do for each other. So, now, ladies and gentlemen, this day in BattleTech history with Loremaster Gideon, brought to you by Aries Games and Adventures. We're enjoying a history lesson. On this episode of Wolfnet History Briefs, the supreme art of war is to subdue the enemy without fighting. Hello Wolfnet, and welcome to this installment of Wolfnet History Briefs, where we look at what happened this month in the Battletech timeline. I'm Gideon. Here we go. The quote used in the opening was written by Sun Tzu, the ancient Terran general some three and a half millennia ago, with nearly unceasing warfare since the fall of the Star League. 
it deserves to be remembered when the supreme art is accomplished, and that is what we'll be covering today. As always, we begin with the setup. Following the refusal war against Clan Wolf and the Jade Wolf shenanigans that followed, the Jade Falcons found themselves in a vulnerable state. They were a prime target for one of the other clans who might want to take over their invasion corridor. What's a clan to do when their Tumen is chock full of warriors right out of the Sipco, and at the same time needs to demonstrate strength to get the rest of the clans off their back? Simple. You go stomp on an inner sphere nation. And stomp they did, charging into Lyran space, destroying all the unprepared defenders they encountered. Back on Tharkad, Nandi Steiner and Tremano Liao deduced the final prize of the Jade Falcon's invasion and ordered parts of the Eridani Lighthorse and Wolf's Dragoons to Coventry in what was dubbed the Coventry Expeditionary Force, or CEF. Catherine Steiner Davian, returning to Tharkad after some behind-the-lines alliance-making with the Clan Wolf, ordered the Waco Rangers and attached Crazy Eights to go as well. The Falcons were on Coventry for a month before the CEF would arrive, though. In quick succession, they hit the Spaceport, Academy, and perhaps most importantly, Coventry Metalworks. Gaining a manufacturing facility as large as the Metalworks would be an unmeasurable boon to the clan's efforts in the Inner Sphere. Taking advantage of the Defenders being spread across the planet, the Falcons made quick gains and forced what was left of the Academy Cadets, Coventry Militia, and 10th Sky Rangers into guerrilla-style hit-and-run and ambush tactics. When the CEF finally arrived, there was some serious fighting between the Dragoons and Jade Falcons at the spaceport, but the occupation lines didn't move, and the defenders fell back to the city of Leitnerden. The defenders tried to take the initiative and hit back at the Falcons. The plan was pretty simple. The Dragoons and Lighthorse would march directly into the Falcons' lines, and the Tenth Sky, Waco Rangers, and Crazy Eights would flank the attackers and destroy them from behind. Unfortunately for the flankers, the Jade Falcons were a step ahead of them and decided to throw Zelbrigan out the window. The Waco Rangers, who disregarded warnings, marched directly into an ambush in a matter of minutes were reduced to less than 15% combat effectiveness. Some say the Waco Rangers died that day, but carried on as a corpse fueled only by hate for the Dragoons, who they blamed for the losses. After the failed counteroffensive, things devolved into a siege of the surviving Innersphere forces in Leitnerton. Finally, Catherine broke down and notified her brother, Victor Steiner Davian, of the Jade Falcon attack. Victor led a task force of the Davian Heavy Guards, 1st Genyosha, 1st St. Ives Lancers, Kel Hounds, and Comstar Raiders. They were supported by the 11th Lyran Guards, the rest of the Wolf's Dragoons, as well as the Knights of the Innersphere and Harlock Raiders who Catherine had mustered. Every major power of the Inner Sphere was represented to face down the threat of renewed clan invasion, and frame the battle as Tukiad and Luthien rolled into one. But even with all this combined might, Victor saw that against the amassed forces of Jade Falcon, the battle would be bloody, and victory would be questionable. The political fallout of any of Victor's decisions would be immense. Any unit taking disproportionate losses would paint him as careless to that unit's nation and could easily destroy alliances or provoke war. Even success could be used to portray him as aspiring to rule the inner sphere as a warlord. Facing such a lose-lose situation, 
he identified what would make the Falcons keep fighting. The cost to take and hold Coventry in the short term would easily outweigh the long-term benefits to the resource-bear Falcons, but their honor would demand they'd keep fighting, or else they would still be a target to the other clans. In June of 3058, in a move showing great understanding of clan ways, Victor offered Khan Martha Pride Hezra. Hezra is the clan way of letting a defeated foe leave the battlefield with honor intact. It's essentially like saying, good game, could have gone either way. Martha took the offer and left the planet. What the Intersphere forces didn't know was Martha had received a message from Khan Vlad Ward of Clan Wolf, informing her he was planning to take some of her worlds. Since she had nearly her entire military on Coventry, the rest of her holdings would be easy pickings. So here we witnessed Victor Steiner Davian achieving the supreme art of warfare, winning Coventry without firing a shot. But if we look closer, the true master of warfare was none other than Vlad Ward, who strengthened his new alliance with Catherine by forcing a falcon withdrawal, and all it took was some saber rattling, and essentially the cost of a postage stamp. This is Gideon signing off, and remember, those who fail to learn from history are doomed. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Wolfnet Radio Podcast. Uh, that was your brief history in Battletech, brought to the by, by your one and only Charles the Dirks Gideon. Thanks. That, yeah, Charles the Dirks. Should we go with the Dirks? I don't know. The, that works. <laughs> the lore master. The lore master. I'm sorry. Everyone knows that one guy. Now, so. Yeah, that one guy works too. <laughs> <laughs> so we're continuing our conversation with the one, the only, Jason Smetcher, author of Shell Games and the newest uh, Redemption Rift. So we're going Redem to... It was newest to Shell Games. Redemption Rift was a while ago and oh, is it? Hector was before that. And Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I just go off of my timeline of reading, so... Fair. Okay. <laughs> So don't 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 Sarna.net edit that one. Uh turns out that Redemption Rift came out before Shell Games, so but uh um, the only one we're really interested in though was Redemption Rift and Hector <laughs> and, and things that are Dragoon related, right? No, we're not just Dragoon related. All of his work is great. Um but for right now, we're gonna dive into we're gonna Andrew and I are gonna get our little Dragoon fanboy uh system worked out here with the one the only jason schmetzer so we have some very uh dragoon related questions that we want to go over with so for those of you who don't like the dragoons well you can go do something else now's, in the corner I guess. now's the now's the time to go make another drink <laughs> go make another drink there you go <laughs> so andrew i'll let you start because you oh know, my god we're just we're age before beauty um, so there we go so, I mean, I have to say, uh, your your writing of the Dragoons, in my opinion, is, you know, just, it feels like an extension of, of Barb, uh, Bob Charlotte. And it, you, you and your writing style and, and how you write, you, you seem to me to really capture their, their panache, their swagger, their um, just, here we are type of, type of mentality. Um how did that come to you? I mean, it's, is it just that 
they fit you and in, in your writing style and, and just what you wanted to do as far as a story goes, or did you have end up having to do a lot of research? Just kind of explain, do you have a love for the Dragoons? Is it just something that fell in your lap? Well, to be honest, guys, I think I got lucky. Um, not the popular answer, but um, as you already pointed out, Bob Charette wrote some really great books, really great characters. Uh, when I go back and I reread Battletech books, those are the first ones I open up again. You know, the, I've read Rules on the Border probably more times than to admit. Um, so when I, start, when I started getting serious about writing Battletech fiction, that was one of the playgrounds that I was like, you know, someday I'll be good enough. I'll be able to write that stuff and it'll work someday. Um, and then trying to think back what the first thing one of those deals where it's either the first thing they bought or the first thing that I wrote. I don't know if it's this, I don't know if that's the same story down to days because usually I got a lot of stuff bounced before I got something written, uh, bought back in the old days of Battlecore before they let me run it. Um, it was just fun characters, um, and they they feel to me, and I'm going to do a disservice to a couple authors here, and I hope they won't come back and smack me, but they felt to me the most mainly military science fiction had the right attitude they're professionals um if you go back to like classic military science fiction from the 50s to 60s and 70s um you, know, you get into Rick dixon and the Dorsai books you get into heinlein and starship troopers and then you somewhere along the way you find david drake you find hammer slammers and you you if you're if, if you read them like i do you kind of fall into this tap of this must be how soldiers think and act and feel. And it's a combination of bravado and jingoism and close humor. And that's what Bob Charette wrote. That's what Anthony Pryor put into the Wolf Dragoon source book. Um, I just, I do identify with it because it's, it's fun to write. It's fun to take people who really don't have anything to prove to anybody. They're willing to anytime, any place and do it. It's not, you know, it's not bravado if you can pull it off. So one thing that I wanted to ask, um, and this is probably going to be a predominant discussion topic, um, and we might as well just dive right into it. Uh, we, as in Andrew and I right now, are comparing your book versus Blaine's book, Redemption Rift and Divided We Fall. And Rift and Divided We Fall, okay. We are, right. we are seeing a stark contrast of Dragoon mentality. <laughs> and I kind of, um, in my notes, I kind of put it down as hack versus cruise. Or you could put it as, um, you know, the striker battalions versus the line units. And, and it seems to me that there are clearly two different mentalities um, of what they think Dragoons are in each of those units. And I just wanted to, like... Is that something that you picked up on? Is that something you and Blaine talked about, or is that, or is it just a difference of writing? Uh, it's so it's a little bit of all of those. Um, it is a conversation that's been had. Um, it is it's recognized, but I want to be very clear when I say it's not that one is right and one is wrong. They're just different, um, and it could be any of the dichotomies that you pointed out. It could be difference in unit if you want to put it in any thing. And out of university, it could just be that I mean, I read the same books and come to different answers. Um, he's, a, he's a much more prolific writer than I am. He's a much, he's been doing a lot longer than I have. Um, 
he he just is from a different set of rules, if you will. Um, so I, I mean, I don't think that anyone can say that there's not a difference between those two books. But they they tell different stories at different times, also. Oh, and they're both fantastic books. Uh, it, it's just it's we're we're now like as Dragoon fans, we're we're just loving all of this stuff. But at the same, I mean, Blaine's book was a little hard pill for Andrew and I to swallow because of what is in it. Mm. <laughs> it, it was a. Uh, it really hit us hard, and but at the same time, it's in your book. It is. It's just very clear that you can you can tell. Even in in your book, you you even mention it. Where, you know, there's a couple of points in the book where you mention, well, gamma, you know, fighting gammas were the line units. We and you even have like, well, that's how a line unit would think, or that's how these guys would think. And it's, I think it's very interesting. And even if you want to call it, you know, the old dragoons, excuse me. Um, you know, Gamma and the line units are trying to hold on to what the Dragoons used to be. And the striker battalions are like the Spurs and the new kids on the block. And they're all fast and hit them hard and use all this other stuff. Whereas the line units are basically, we're going to go and we're going to planetary assault. And, and it seems to me that the striker battalions are having a little more success. Whereas the line units are starting to see themselves as, you know, we're just the police force or we're here to just... You know, garrison worlds, and I can see where over a period of time, Cruz, that leads Cruz to what he does in Blaine's book. And it's just very interesting to me that in your book, we kind of get a little more in-depth um, look at the two very different mindsets of, of some of troops in the, in the Wolf's Dragoons. I think, yeah. I mean, I, to be fair, these, these books were written so far apart that... I'm glad that that's in there, and I'm glad that people are finding it. But to say that we intended it that way is it's that's too far. I mean, God, it's been what five, ten, it's been a lot of years since Redemption Rift. Yeah, more it, more, more than I want to think about. Yeah, because Redemption Rift was on the tail end of Battlecore, was it not? It was. Yeah. So it, uh, it's weird that, it's, that that did happen because, like you said, there's such a. a big time difference that that the two books to me very much go together well i mean i i know blaine read it um in preparation for writing this because i remember hearing some conversations around that um he sent me a couple emails with i think either asking me questions about it or he's he liked a certain part i don't recall which sorry guys it's late um my brain doesn't work um should have had better notes for you but it's it, it it really could very easily, and I and I say this, I'm saying this in a vision of a tone of voice, not because I'm not sure, but just because, like I said, because of the distance, we didn't intend it this way. We just got lucky that it came together. Um, but it could absolutely be that breakdown in attitude. Um, just because, just because of the way that I write my books, uh, you know, a lot of Blaine's books are what I would call storybooks. That's not a criticism of him. It's just he writes with a different focus. Um, my books, at least I hope or what I intend, are people books. I don't, I don't really care much, especially before the book started, about what it's going to be about. I care about who's in it. I care about what, what those people are going to go through, how it's going to change them, and what they're going to do to either you know cause and affect it. Um, and that's not to say I've been in Battletech for a long time. I've written source books. I've written for and against source books can write story when I have to, but it's not my bread and butter. 
Sure. Um, I could write, and in fact, I think I have. There's a story on Battletech that I or on Battlecore rather that I wrote once that was twenty thousand words, so half a novel about one day, because it was about people. Um, so if that layer of characterization comes through, and I'm glad you guys are seeing it. That's great. That means I'm doing my job right. Um, I'm glad we're making that those discussions. And you know, another piece of it is is the reasons because I, I read Blaine's book in, in advance of it coming out. Um, one of the things I liked about it was it was entirely different from mine. It was was something different that would drive these kind of conversations. Yeah. So Blaine Blaine has talked to us about um, you know the summit, and you know we were talking. He said that uh, you two kind of seem to always pair up and and uh, saw a lot of eye to eye. Maybe maybe he's pulling our chain. I don't know. <laughs> he likes he likes to do that a lot to us. So. Um, but he, he made a comment that you guys had kind of talked about and were in agreement that the striker battalion, uh, table of organization and equipment potentially was wrong or that you were going to change it being a star of Omni's, um, a star of elementals, a trinary of vehicles, be it hovers or VTOLs. And that was, that was one of the companies. Do you have, is there anything you can give us as far as a difference of the makeup of, of what you guys kind of talked about and, and potentially what that could look like? Um, no, because I don't, I don't recall that conversation exactly. I remember, I recall the conversation. I don't recall the outcome. Okay. Um, I, I remember some people expressing some doubts, but I don't I mean, I don't think we ever like put it up on the whiteboard and said, here's what it should be. Um, I think it was more of a, and guys, I'm sorry, I've slept since then. It was, was uh, I think we had a conversation about what you could actually do with a force that small, um, going into the new era, going into the size of 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 you know conflicts that are going on. Um, I think we might have come to terms that we needed to change it, but I don't. And I don't think we were going to throw it out. It's just too, it's too useful. Um, it didn't, and that was that was where I was going with is when he said, "Well, we were going to make it a little bit bigger," and I'm like. Don't. <laughs> it, it's such a I Personally, I really like the makeup of, of how they were put together in just the amount of flexibility you have in being able to persecute whatever objective that you need to do on the table. They're, they're, they're a ready-made unit to be. And I, as an agent and as a player, really appreciate that because it makes it easier for us to get you know the feel of fiction onto the table um which i know blaine we had blaine on last podcast or the podcast before that where he was where he talked about divided we fall and then he specifically made his combat and, and the unit small enough where it could be translated to the table and i i personally i really enjoy that i like that a lot and i was a little concerned when he said, well, we talked about it and we were talking about changing the makeup or, and I'm like, don't is it's such a flexible force that it, and it fits. And it kind of led me to what, what made you come up with that table of organization for a striker company? Uh, so uh, like, like I said, it's been a while since we did that. Um, 
I think I remember why, but one of the things that we should talk about in, in context with that, though, is, and given the distance in time since that was written and where we are today, you were writing, and I don't know if you guys have talked to Blaine or anybody else about this before this, but there's a kind of an aesthetic we aim for when we write fiction for Battletech. Um, and it's driven by, largely driven by what's going on on the tabletop game, you know, what the product focus is, what the story focus is, and stuff like that. And when we wrote Redemption Rift, process was or the, the focus was very heavy on combined arms i think that was because we were at substance and so this take this with a grain of salt but i think what i remember is we're trying really hard to mimic get close to the whiz kids era dark age fiction which had always been very very heavy um mind arms lots of lots of mixed units lots of this that was to drive the tabletop play the clicky tech stuff mm-hmm. we were staying close to that um, I remember being told use you know lots of everything, which makes sense because I'm an adult and that's what warfare will be. But the exact competition, and you guys are going to laugh. Think took an Overlord C and did the math and figured out what would fit. <laughs> nice. Yes. <laughs> yes. And someone someone will do the one of your listeners. I'm sure will do the math and tell me if I'm right or wrong. But I think that's what it was. <laughs> Well, this is this is the podcast that you can uh, talk to us about fact checkers. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, I mean, I'm, I'm I've, I've said you know many times elsewhere. I'm not a gamer, so I don't play that much of it out. But I make sure that I at least know the rules for consistency. So yeah, I'll mm-hmm. I'll bet you a dollar I just did the math and said that's what fits. Okay. Well, what I love cool. about it, especially, and that was one of my notes, is I love the fact that you used. VTOLs and aerospace and and all these you know hovercraft and tanks and stuff like that because we uh, as the gamer side we've been working on a on a 350 tabletop for Alpha Strike and one of our big big things was use vehicles use infantry use VTOLs because they're cheap and and they can they can swing the tide of a battle in our in our little tournament format that we made and I love I love seeing in the fiction that coming to life what we see on the on our little tabletops because we're using a lot of a lot of vehicles and stuff like that so it's really cool um when you see that come up yeah and it it it, it makes sense i mean i understand battle text again about mechs i understand they'll always be prominent and they're walking tanks so what's not to love i mean i don't think we're ever gonna get away from them but you know one of the things i liked we got closer to the dark age or as things started overlapping was just let's let's use more of what's out there one because it's more just more opportunity for more flavor and stuff but what i specifically love about is it's opens up entirely new branches of viewpoint characters for me in fiction you know i could write like i trying to think redemption rift i think there was a really prominent tanker right one of the the regulator guys yeah yep egan it's fun was super fun because he's not the normal and he's not by himself you know he has a crew he has people he has to rely on he knows he's not you know an assault neck running around by himself he knows he's not the be all end all he knows his job wants to be damn good at that job he knows where that job begins and ends um for me those are those are the most fun characters to write i don't uh i mean i'm trying to think of an example that would make sense here so you guys probably know 40k Somewhat, yeah. I mean, at least are aware of it. As you know, there are these giant monstrous things called space marines that run around and kick everyone's ass, and they're basically 
you know, immortal zombies. Mm-hmm. Those aren't interesting to me. I've read some 40k. I like Dan Ebnett stuff. I don't know anything about the game or the the miniatures. That's just not my jam. But I like the universe. I've never had the first interest in writing Space Marine stuff because they're just not interesting to me. They're like Superman. They're, when there's no threat, when there's no change, I don't care. You know, I want to write about a 40k setting. I want to write about the Imperial Guard because it's just guys like you and me who pick up a rifle and have to go do adult things. Same in BattleTech. You know, I I would actually love write a lot of stuff the guy who runs a jump infantry squad i think that'd be cool as hell it's not you know it wouldn't be it wouldn't be mech centric um so i slip it in where i can i'm i'm glad they let me put as much into redemption rift as i could um i think you guys mentioned you've read shell games i mean there's not a lot of them in there but i know i slipped a couple in um because those to me those are the fun people i you know superman's born I mean, it's cool, but it's boring. I, you know, there's no, there's no story there. I like seeing everyday people and giving them extraordinary situations and seeing what they do. Well, it, that brings up a, another book. As I was just sitting here thinking about it, it just came to mind too. Was Feral, and I that book that that set that set a whole other thing for me there too. <clears throat> I mean, when when you describe the conversation of I forget what the major's name was, um, but telling uh, Peter Whitehorse that Jamie Wolf was dead and that it was conditioned feral. I mean, I physically got choked up. I was like, oh my God. I mean, these guys are out on a mission and, and another being told Jamie Wolf has been killed and you're still expected to go. And I, I, in that story, I think you, it was really fun to read because you captured that feeling and you were able to, you were able to feel Peter's, you know. No, I killed him. That's what happens when you get click happy in discord. <laughs> he is now talking to himself in the mech warrior online channel. I'll let you tell him. <laughs> It's going to be great as he's going to chime back in and it's just going to be. And so that's my question. I told him. Okay. How the hell did that happen? <laughs> really not that intimidating, man. You don't have to go talk to somebody else. I didn't. I don't know what happened there. What? Where did, where did I leave off? Uh, we lost you right after you were talking about the reaction to the character interaction in Feral. Oh, shit. I was on a roll. Um, <laughs> sure was your best stuff, man. I'm sure it was. <laughs> I'm sure it was. No, it was just, that was, again, it was, Feral for me was another just, it summed for me your the ability for you to capture um, what, what and how a dragoon would take in that kind of information and still go out and execute the mission that was in front of them and the extra meaning behind it. I mean, I don't know if I, I don't know if it came through or not. I mean, I've, I was physically choked up when I read it. It was like, <laughs> I mean, here's a guy about ready to launch on a mission and he gets that information. That's, that was tough. And it was great. You captured it amazingly in my opinion and those are those are the most fun stories for me because you take especially so we you know we've already talked about dragoons being professionals they're pros pro you know 
don't have anything to prove, but they're willing to. You take somebody like that, you rip their support structure out from under them. What do they do next? You know, is it, do they fall down and cry? Do they burn the whole city down? Do they blow up the planet? I mean, you know, any one of us that happens to, we're going to get that entire gamut of emotions. I know guys who react to stress by shutting down. I know guys who react to stress by swearing. I know guys who react by stress by burning down the whole neighborhood. <laughs> you know, do, you know, you know I, <laughs> a guy you never wanted to make mad because it seemed like he would kill you, your friends, your neighbors, and your pets. It's like, that's not, you leave that guy alone. But you know, how, do, how do people react to stress? Um, just, I always love those, you know, figuring out what people do with that in fiction. Then you take that reaction and you say, okay, how does the pros pro act to that? I think you get a good Dragoon story. Uh, Aaron, uh, 905, you want to mark that? Do we want to switch gears and go into, go into the start? Hey, Matt, we, we were just asking some questions and we recorded it in case we can reuse the, the information, but, um, we're gonna, I think I we just can gave you a sound right bite, now. didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll switch gears and actually kick this thing off. Coach had to talk to his sister. You didn't read Messenger? No. Yeah, we're uh <clears throat> That's that's cool. Whatever we can get is good, but uh we're we're set to start with what we have. Do we have everybody? Everyone is here and accounted for. And is that we well, coach is muted right now. He will have to hang on a second until he comes back. Yeah. Um, he's talking to Abby right now for Father's Day stuff. Find out if she's still, <laughs> if she's still alive or whether she's on the line yet. So, yeah, so this would be a good time, Jason. We got Matt Bloodbath Barons and uh, Tommy Silent Sea Raven Kruger. So the other, the other half, the other half of the podcast. The the non wolf dragoons half of the podcast. So the normal people, okay. <laughs> oh, oh, right away. <laughs> so hey, Jason, thanks for joining us. <laughs> um, I really appreciate. Your, uh, your, uh, your jargon in your books because uh, I pick up on them and I can read them uh, just as fast as reliving some of my military days. So um, it's a hook that sticks in me every time I pick up one of your books. Well, thanks. So, that means a lot, actually. Cause I, well, uh, from, from the veteran side, uh, <clears throat> kudos for making it it's, it's a it's a super simple post information put across the board with the least amount of verbiage um i love it jason did you serve i did not I was just about to say i'm i'm impressed that you're that you're telling me i'm getting it close to right then because i i around to it i i gotta tell you jason uh reading shell games uh Bloodbath, he'll mess, you know, he'll message me every once in a while while he's reading something when he catches something cool. Um, but in the middle of the night, I got a message saying he put in ground guide. Oh my god, he put in ground guide. 
because <laughs> no nobody nobody like thinks about okay how how does this actually operate but you included that there's a ground guy to get somebody on and off of uh the drop ship and <laughs> that really that really got him excited because that stuff actually happens and nobody's picked up on that so kudos for being an author that actually thought about like those kind of intimate details that nobody else picks up on you hit them well, i try ammo traffic um nuances those are very um very big green flags that i see when i pick up a battletech book i want to see more of them which is great well, talking about Pharaoh, um, Jason, I really appreciated that story with uh, the Blackhawk uh, pitching Overwatch Guard outside the building while those uh, BA were inside doing their business. And I really appreciated the descriptive, even the, the, the kind of banter, squabbling um, character um conversations they had while they're trying to you know take information get ready for the building to be like demoed and getting on a dodge before anybody knows they're there that is an awesome story that we so appreciated and we want to see more of those because i mean one of the things about and like the regiments and all that all that data from the past they have so little information about exactly what they do that it makes it so much of a black ops kind of missions that it, it, it totally made sense and it fit the bill. And that was so neat to, to read about. What So, Jason, was, was Feral your pitch idea or was that assigned to you? Uh, that would have been original. That was at you. that point, okay. uh, we assignments were relatively rare at Battlecore. Almost certainly, when I was running it, most of Battlecore was original pitch. Towards the end, towards the end, when I was getting there, I was starting to assign stuff out, but most of it was original. That one, I think that was the second, possibly the third Dragoon story I ever wrote. See, that reminds me of you get into military history and you hear about. Okay, boys, we got a we got a, a night op where you're gonna cut your sound, you're gonna he- adhere to your your uh, light discipline, and we're gonna go do some sneaky stuff. I mean that that was exciting. It was on the hilt, the edge of the razor, the tip of the spear, and it was fast, quick, get in, get out. I mean, double tap everything as you come in, and then get out of dodge. It was awesome. You guys liked it. I guess what I, I really loved about the whole thing was it really it, it made you feel that feral was just not a word or a, an order. It was a feeling throughout all the dragoons. It didn't matter who you were. It was you heard condition feral, and it was like okay, all bets are off. Yeah. If they destroy, don't, if they don't squawk friendly. You're dead. Not incapacitated. Not you know. Here's an object. We need to move it. It was just like complete and utter destruction to any non-friendly unit. 
throw the Aries convention right out the window and all you do is kill anything breathing. Put down with extreme prejudice. My my whole part about that whole thing was is what made you come up with the idea of a clan a female clan elemental who interrogated that guy by pulling out shit out of his body. <laughs> how where did that come from and how did I mean in your head, how did how did that history go? I'd I'd uh, I'd love to take credit for it, but I stole it. <laughs> I was gonna stole say, it. What, okay. what, what okay. Singer uh, movie were you watching or something? <laughs> I can't I mean I can't think of the source right now, but um I think it was actually a movie. There's a there's it's either a movie or a book, but it's somebody's like yeah, they're gonna freak out, but you can't freak out with an ad- without your adrenal gland. So take it out. <laughs> that reminds me of talking with Blaine as well. Or these these Easter eggs. <clears throat> you read a book, and you're like, I've seen this and read this or heard this before. Where is this from? It's like you pulled this from a movie dialogue, and it's just like, yes, like. And you just yeah, it's it's totally it's it's totally a great idea of a format. And it, it just it draws the reader to the author and makes a great storyline. Well what I keeps what I took away from it was how many mercenary units in Battletech would ever have something like that? You know, where you have what do you, what do you mean? A special forces unit like the sevens? No, I mean a condition. Like condition for Oh. Okay. Where um, you're so keep... you're so close of a family that when you're the 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 patriarch goes down and someone issues that order and and you know that it's everyone knows it and everyone has that emotional feeling as well as the mental fortitude to be like okay this is it this is the worst has happened now and this is where we're at. Well, I mean goes back we were talking a little earlier about you know the the idea of them you know it's them against the world certainly while they were behind the curtain the clan curtain there and losing that mysteriousness me it's just the ultimate it's an ultimate expression of ruthlessness it's it's yeah when when you get down to brass tack you're you're off mass those hierarchies and firmly and firmly into security all you have is it's literally us against the world you the people who hide the people who burn the world down. Sure. And they're not going to hide. <laughs> they were not going to hide. <laughs> and that's and that's something else though that too that that for me your writing style in just some of the slang terms that you <sighs> use. Well, you come up with condition feral, right? I was not Where did me. that come from? I was Lauren. Where did was Okay. Lauren. Where did it's so in Redemption Rift you called hovers blowers? Was that was that something you came up with? Is that something that you stole? From? I mean, it's just little things like that that you've. And then those are the. I had more examples and I didn't fucking write them down, so I apologize. I'm cursing. Oh, Jesus, there's the, there's sorry. The first F, I think. <laughs> I, I, I I flipped it. Now we're down the downhill slide. Ding. Damn it! Oh, um, wait, wait, was this a contest? Because I could have fucking killed this right off the bat. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> we were doing really good family friendly shit right there, well, but uh, I don't no, know about no, family no. Fr- we were definitely PG thirteen, I think. <laughs> we like we like you, to see how far we can go before it actually turns into what this podcast I, is all about. 
I usually uh, I said shit earlier. <laughs> uh, whatever. But it, oh, it's no. you have you have different slang terms used for different things throughout your books and your stories where you're you just like yeah that I, so, that that's where I'm curious. How do you come up with those? Hover tank is a blower, right? It, or it's just it's the jargon. Yeah, the, spark the, of inspiration or yeah. trigger words and trigger phrases. Like I pick on them like like a being being uh, drawn to candy or pie or something. I like the, pie. Uh, well, Jason, professional... you said you stole it, right? Yeah. Feral. Yeah. Um, professional. He stole, ta- he's, he stole Tara or Tara doing the pituitary glands. Feral came from Lauren. Right. Blowers came from but if, where? But if you listen, he said blowers. Oh, my stole. God. <laughs> oh, he did. I'm sorry. I missed it. I was too busy talking. I'll shut up. All right. Um, so let me answer in a couple sequences here. The, the, the writing school drama word that you're looking for, what you're describing, is called verisimilitude. It's signing a sense of realism by using familiar terms. Um, Jesus. Yeah, almost all these I steal, um, and not. I mean, some are direct. So blowers is straight up David Drake. That's what he calls his hover tanks. He's he's called him that from the '60s. Oh, nice. Um, but 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 again, it works because it makes sense. <laughs> right, Absolutely, it, it's a giant thing that blows air. What else are you going to call it? <laughs> I mean, um, they work really well. The other place is, um, you know, I read read a lot of. Really, military science fiction, but just just military fiction and science fiction in general. I try to pay attention to this kind of thing. You know, everyone, every industry, every group, every fraternity has their own custom language. There's mm-hmm. there's things that you call things. Um, mm-hmm. I and I try and pay attention. Um, now let me think. This is we're talking. Uh, what are we talking about? Feral. It was probably heavy David Drake. Um, Last couple of years, I've been reading a lot of John Ringo and Tom Krautman, um, published books through Bayon. They're both former army army officers. Um, you know, say what you want about their politics. There's some of the stuff that happens in their books. They're former soldiers. Their soldiers talk like soldiers. I think, as far as I know, like I said, I wasn't one one. I wasn't one either. It's a hundred percent accurate. Um, but, you know, I pay attention. You know, I don't really care what their stories are about. They're fun reads. I enjoy them. I pay attention to how people talk. Pay attention to what they assign that jargon language to and what they don't. Um, if you go back into the 80s, the well, the 70s and 80s, you know, you read old Tom Clancy. Tom Clancy loved to use the technical name for everything because Tom Clancy was a tech nerd. Some of them, use, you know, some users would use those names, but most of them are going to call it whatever the thing is they call it. Most often in the language, that damn piece of shit. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I pay attention to stuff like that, and, then, and if I can find a way to invent it, I do that again because it adds it adds realism. Well, what I love is whether you stole it or not, you used it, and that's mm-hmm. what I love about it because it does that. It does for me, not being a soldier, it sounds like what a soldier would talk like. Absolutely, that's in the heat of battle, or on the field, or on the downtime, or or this. You you capture what soldiers actually taught, or what I imagine they sound like, because they're not going to use the technical term for everything. I know that they they make up weird names for everything. 
Matt, Tommy, can you can you voice it? <laughs> it's always the acronym or a slang term for it. What, what donkey my, dick. One of my favorite uh, quotes in movies <laughs> exactly. is uh, Jarhead. The don- donkey dick is is a uh, fuel receptacle nozzle. Yeah. It's donkey dick, because that's what it looks like. I love the beginning of Jarhead, because he, when he joins the Marines, it's like, uh, toothbrush is not a toothbrush. It's this. It's uh, <laughs> they, they go through that whole list of things, and it's like, Normal everyday objects are not called that in the military. <laughs> so that's that's what I kind of love about your your uh, style of writing is is you make them sound like they actually would sound if you were a fly on the wall. So I try. It sounds like I'm getting it right. So I appreciate that. Uh, if you continue to do that, I'm going to be drawn to the books like a fly. You bet. It's um, awesome. God, we're blowing a lot of smoke up your ass, aren't we? <laughs> Just to let you know, I'd, I'd read or listen to your stuff more if there's more audiobooks. Ooh, yeah. I will take that back to John. I don't have any control over that. But I, I feel like if there was an audiobook library, it would be very, very well uh, received. And we, have, we, have, we have people in our group here who have asked questions about people who are classically trained that are open to creating audiobooks and no one's gotten replies back so yes take it to helpers ask the question and come back to us and say yeah we're interested because we have classically trained people who are interested in doing that from indiana and illinois you got a yeah. Shawshank Redemption. I'm just keep sending sending them in <laughs> because if, if if they like making money and they like building community, these are the beneficial improvements that need to happen. Well, I, I know every. I'm pretty sure every audiobook, and I'm I, this is anecdotal, so don't take it to the bank. I'm pretty sure every audiobook that they've put out has done well. It's just yeah. a question of lining up the resources to do it. So yeah. We'll go back and ask. But that's that, the age-old thing. It's Catalyst versus community. And, I mean, one thing I can say about Catalyst is they, they protect their IP a lot. <laughs> they should. It makes sense. And they should. I agree. But, yeah, but we they, had, they shouldn't shy away from people helping them either. So that's... We, we, they, had, we, had, a, we had a very, very lengthy conversation last Tuesday around... Oh, yeah around this and i'm not i'm not going to go into all of the things that were discussed there is just there we have you we know that we've told this to blaine as well there seems to be a communication issue at times between channels and fans and you know we had folks that during that conversation kept bringing up 40k in the fact that, you know, 40K went out and figured out, hey, we can do our own podcast. Hey, we can do our own newsletter. Hey, we can do, we can control the communication and make people feel a whole hell of a lot better um, about our game and about our product and about what we're doing by just communicating. And a lot of the folks here have, have made comments about how we get the dump right that we that we just got last week of here's the product lineup over the next you know two or three months 
and then it'll be code silent for six months, right? That's 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 a that's that's a complaint that we've heard often during our conversations with our group, and you know it's we would we'd really like to try and and it, we're not telling anybody how to do their job. We're not telling anybody you do something different. We're just telling people we'd like to make sure that people hear that hey people are looking for this. And if you can find a way to make that happen and granted Kickstarter happen, we know that there's 7,000 battle tech fans that are out there from who have backed the deal and you can't make everybody happy. completely agree. You'll never hear an argument with me about that, but I do feel and know that there are certain things that people in the know, the powers that be, if you will, could be doing to, and it wouldn't take a lot of effort, in my opinion, it wouldn't take a lot of effort to have that communication. So if there's anything that you could take from from us to go up to the up the chain and say, hey, you we'd we'd like to see more is just truthful, honest, regular communication. I think we come on all long ways for the fan base to to start being connected in the the you know that being said battletech has been around for 36 years and people feel battletech has done a great job of of connecting with their fans where fans feel they have the right to voice an opinion and be mad if it doesn't do something or other and people need to take a step back and understand too that you know one it's a business they need to make money Two, not everyone's going to be happy. So if you don't get your thing, right? Blaine has told us from day one, you may not be happy with the way things are going to ha- end up. And <laughs> we have our questions after novel one of where are things going to go? He wasn't wrong. <laughs> He's not wrong. <laughs> that being said, I, I, am, I am absolutely excited to see that fiction is driving the story again. My beloved dragoons could end up being split. They'll, they'll go two different ways, and we'll have this weird thing that'll happen. But at the end of the day, I can be mad or I can be happy that that we're moving forward. So it's it's a two. This this is a long-winded way of saying it's yeah, a it twofold. Is. It's a twofolded <laughs> thing. Management well, needs to be more communicative, and the fans need to be understanding more understanding and just accept what's coming and be thankful that BattleTech is still alive. Compromise in BattleTech? What? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's a, a pie-in-the-sky dream, but it is it what it happen. is. Right? It could happen. It could happen. We're the voice of 7% of all BattleTech fans, so... 7%. We demand. That's quite a bit. <laughs> I'm writing 7% of the fiction, so we fit right together. Hey! Hey! We, we are now the 7%ers. Now, uh, it's because I'm not in these circles. Tell me uh, the communication you were you were talking about a minute ago. What frequency and delivered by what medium? If you could, I mean, if you could just wave, if you could just wave a stick and have it happen, it would work. Uh, every every him, uh, to be honest, him asking us honest, questions now more every, more, of every, a, more more of a blog type uh scenario on on i think the, b 
bg.battletech.com. Um, I, there, there was there was a time there was a time where uh, they were giving more more communication about you know here's what we're working on and I know Randall had given you know some pictures of here's the Carita House book because that was a book that fucking took forever to get published <laughs> but just little tidbits of hey we're working on this here's a little snapshot of that you're not giving anything away because you've already announced previously, Hey, it's in the pipeline. Here's the pipeline and showing that we're making progress. Here's the thing that that's coming up. I think Thanks. some of that would go a long ways. Um, I know we've, we've heard a lot of, <clears throat> some other things, but customer service with the store at Catalyst Game Labs is. And, and we've, we've, we've heard and, even, even during the Kickstarter update, um, YouTube videos of, you know, we, we have, a. Uh, a customer service email system and we've, we've heard them having issues with it and they want to solve those that just get it done. And you will have a hundred percent positive reinforcement if it gets taken better care of. It's, See, you, I, I think you guys are being way too realistic. I think, you know, Jason said <laughs> what wave, wave a magic wand. So I'm going to go with, you just forward all internal emails regarding product to WNRP at wolfstragoons.com. <laughs> and then we'll, and then we'll just disseminate it from there. That, no, that would be my idea. magic wand. Cause we can hey, bear the if... brunt of the anger and, yeah. uh, you know, give a little padding between catalyst and the community. You know, I, I thought it, that, you know, Jason, you, you, you floored Aaron, me there for a you're second. not a, you're, you're not around enough anyway, so you have no fucking say. But no, think about it. Think about what Jason just asked us. If we could wave a magic wand and do something different, what would have we you do? Met, and we all have you had, met the BattleTech? Have you met the BattleTech community? I know, but there was I don't like want to fucking be that buffer. I don't. Was, there was five. There, there are pause. jackals. There are jackals <laughs> there in the community. Five, shut up. There was five seconds of pause where none of us could like legit put. An easy magic wand thing together. Had it's, two. A hard, it's a it's a hard thing to solve. It's a very hard thing. And I, Jason, two ready to go. He just threw it right back, and I was like, "Okay, what will we change?" We're like, "Uh." I had two ready to go. Well played. Well, hold on. I got to get my torch and and pitchfork out, and <laughs> because because the last the last Tuesday night game night we had, I actually wrote down all the issues and then disseminated them to like two or like three or four items. And we basically named most of them. And yeah, like I just, it is, it is we, it's a story that's, that's, as old as our, time. And that's our function game store or game company. That, it's like, that's, that's our function with this podcast is to improve. Okay, so that it's more positively reinforcing. And second, to improve the gaming. And three, to help the companies meet those here consumers Matt, and make it. I thought we were talking about the game we love. Matt, <laughs> Magic Wand Solution, Aaron Kroll, CEO, Catalyst Game Labs. Whoa. <laughs> I thought oh. you said you were only drinking beer tonight. Done. Done. <laughs> If that's a whiskey statement, you're fucking lying to us. <laughs> okay, so I wrote down customer service, wrote down communication, 
I wrote down fat fucking chance. Okay. <laughs> again, 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 Andrew. Again. But that was a pH as fat, an, right? pH fat. As an author, as an author, he awesome. succinctly abbreviated the situation that we had in front of us. Love it. Love it. We just got the um, triple F, guys. <laughs> or, or the the FFC. <laughs> fat fucking chance. Check that stuff. You're oh, down. It'll work. Jason, I do have a question for you though. What d- does it like irk you a little bit that Blaine was the first one to use the F word in uh, a BattleTech novel? Oh. Hmm? What? <laughs> what? Oh, he's not first. Oh, he's not. Oh. oh. What? I thought what was the first? first? I guarantee. I mean, I guarantee. I'll bet you a dollar it's Ilsa Bix atheist Ooh. book. Oh. Ooh. All right. Okay. Out there. All your listeners, I, you got to go find the F word. Find the first printed, well, find the first though, printed I, F word. And, about I and then, and then you got to collect the dollar out. from Jason. Then you got to yes. collect the dollar from Jason. Yeah, there you Jason go. Owes you a dollar if you find it. You'll never find me. I'm in the Midwest. It's not even real here. <laughs> hey, hey, where do you think we're from? Right by us. <laughs> um, Okay, so let me let me back up the comps for a second. So uh, a blog, because I want to make sure I take back good notes for you guys. Um, uh, so a blog on the site is something people who are curious would go and see. Is that enough or do you need some kind of thing for people to send news out to people? Is the, let me, I'm, I'm putting on my day job hat for a second. Is the, well, they, they do the, have the Kickstarter updates. They could just yeah. modify that. So is it, you know, is, I, it I is it their job I, to, is their job to put on information that people can come and find? Or is it their job to push it to people? I think it's their job to have the information available for people to find. Yeah, one for, I know for, for those for those who like the game, those who want to be a part of the game, they're going to go find it. Right, oh, right yeah. now there really isn't the opportunity to go find like the Kickstarter information. Right, I, I get that it's that it's through Kickstarter and that's where it all comes from. Personally, I think that should be part of a blog. <laughs> That you should be able to go to bgbattletech.com blog and go one through whatever the fuck number we're at right now as far as updates go and see all of that. And then interspersed with that, here's here's a comment from Jason Smetzer about shell games. Here's a comment from Blaine Lee Pardo about, uh, you know, Divided We Fall. I mean, Blaine's been doing a really good, personally, I really like the information that Blaine's putting out on his blog. About little tidbits and back backstory information about his process and what he's written, and you know tidbits here and there. Blaine Blaine does a Blaine does a great job of of dropping ambiguous hints and information about what's going to happen, which makes everybody lose their minds. It's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it's it's that is what to me we need to continue the momentum that Kickstarter's given us of keeping people engaged. Right. Because what's the next if, thing? If, what's the, if, cause that just sparks conversation. That sparks more information on the forum for people to go consume. Right. Because if the HPG goes cold, everything shuts down. When I think um, like the, uh, the recent uh, recognition guide is a good example where that got posted on the uh, Catalyst face or the BattleTech Facebook page, and yeah. then I saw it like five more times 
because everybody took it and dispersed it. Everybody wanted to make sure everybody knew about it. But then there's also times where there will be a post of, hey, this book came out six months ago and nobody knew there was no fanfare. There wasn't anything. And then the like the community has to catch up. I right. just think that that just staying ahead of that, staying ahead of that boulder, you know, like Indiana Jones, that would be the way to do it. Because how can they how can they buy it if they don't know about it? <laughs> I'm going to go with, the you know, that's doesn't want know what they want. They just want something. You know, that scene, in Indiana Jones's, that scene in Indiana Jones has always bothered me. Why didn't he just run under the boulder and then follow it out? Because he knew it was going to block the entrance. Yeah, duh. He knew yeah. that was going to uh, happen. Trap. I'm it's sorry. Trap. I, I didn't think that far ahead, Hollywood. Better run fast. Oh, you just, you just take this note. WNRP is the greatest podcast Battletech has ever seen. Like I said, I, I thought you were just on. drinking beer. I thought oh you were God. just drinking beer. It, what 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 uh, what Aaron Kroll is trying to say is that WNRP is the pulse of the community. Uh, I don't know if I'd go that far either. We're the pulse what, of our I community. This, I want to know what this crushing dicks means. That's what I want to know. <laughs> Since we broke it, huh? <laughs> you broke me. We, now, we, are on a, we are on an interloop of, of Jason's never going to go to bed. Oh, we still have to finish. Uh, oh, no, Andrew. there's no way. <laughs> this, Andrew. Is, Andrew. this is Andrew. This is a two-hour yeah. and 15-minute podcast already. Oh, the, the last the last uh, note for the improvements is going to be the, the Camo Specs website. Oh, yeah. That needs yeah, more, we've... We've been working on that for a while, and that's a whole that rabbit hole that needs that, to. That's, that's something. I mean, that, that's something that I've been trying to have help get redone. I've been hosting that. I've been hosting the dev site for the new Camo Spec site for two years, on my own dime, on my own shit, and off. I had three three web developers lined up for pizza and scotch to rewrite that thing over a weekend. That's I couldn't brilliant. give anybody. To, I couldn't give any. I couldn't get anybody to give me specs, wants, needs, and again, it's just that's that's the kind of thing that there there are people out here who have means and availability to try and help where we can and how we can, and I'm not looking for anything out of it. I'm doing it because I love this love game it. and I love the community. If if you have people come to you with that kind of thing, and I. Granted, I know it may not be budget, it may not be, but to take advantage of that kind of stuff just brings goodwill, right? I mean, because we here, we're, we're going to communicate it. Hey, we did this. I'm not, I don't care, but we did this for you. We're doing this for the community. That's the whole reason we have this podcast. So it's, the, the camo spec things is, is a really bad thorn in my side, but um, the, the folks that I've been working with, Hey, everyone's got a life. Everyone has to, has to get through the different things. So that, that is what it is. It's, it's a work in progress. Um, but that's, those are the kind of things that, you know, we're doing and we're trying to help, but it doesn't seem like we can ever get any traction. Well, one thing this podcast does do is announce news that came out. So what happened in the news in Battletech this week? Oh, Jesus. Um, well, uh, we had the very, we had the very, 
yeah, we had a lot of stuff happen. Well, a lot of things were announced this last week. Um, I did. I did some. I did some posts on the web, on the Facebook page for us about the quarter one release from IWM of the Catapult, Griffin, and Locust in metal out of a game of Armored Combat. Um, I have to say they are exquisite. Um, they How do you are, like them better than plastic? Um, I'm I'm torn. Right? I mean, naked. I like them. I like the metal better. Um, that being said, they, the plastics are on par, uh, with, with the metals. Um, I think the plastics lend themselves for a lot more ease of modification. Um, but I'm just glad that they're bringing out the metals. It's, I'm glad they're doing the metal Battletech, Battletech's always been a metal miniatures game. Um, they, they're they're great. the The locust, the, I really like the locust in that it doesn't feel as fragile as the plastic did. Um, you glue that thing together, and it's it it's solid. And I really like it. Um, I really like the catapult having um, the variants of LRMs and heavy PP or not heavy, but just the PPC variant. The PPC guns for that mech are awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and you know, and then the the announcement of all of the stuff that we have out until August, I think, is is what we had. I got there's um, like a it's 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 like a mountain to read. It was awesome. Yeah, there's there's so many PDFs. If you guys, I mean, we can list them off, but it's just easier to go to Catalyst website or uh, the the BattleTech webpage and and just scroll through, see what's all coming down the pipeline. It's a lot of stuff. Yeah. It's uh, the Battletech State of the Game, June 2020. Um, there is a listing there that I have not seen in years of new product coming Huge. out. Huge. And good stuff that's Jason, coming out. That Jason, is did you move, write any move, stuff move. for those books? Which ones? Uh, there's and like the, some TROs yes. and stuff coming out. Uh, new TROs, no. He and does not. have... Uh, He's got the uh, the new book coming up. Yeah. Uh, Blood Will Tell is on the list, I think, wasn't it? I think so. So we're going to be anxious to see that and read that. Blood Will Tell is on fourth quarter. So Rajo. Can't wait. It's, uh, there's, yeah, I mean, that. to be honest, Jason, the, the communication that happened in the state of game for June of 2020, to be honest with you, I'd almost would have liked to have seen that dialed back where you're just doing the next month. Here are the, here are the three products that are coming out in July and go into a little bit in depth. And then in July, you post something about August and September. It, instead of giving us this whole big dump of things, the, the less, the less product and more frequent publishing, gives people the idea or the feeling that there's this continuous flow, right? Whereas you get this dump of here are all the things that we're doing for the next six months. And then it's code silent spacing, you know, dialing that back and doing, here's the stuff for this month. Here's the stuff for this month. There's this continuity and there's this feeling of, Hey, we're continuing. There's this constant release of product. 
It comes down to business efficiency too. It's really nice. It, 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 it's the same thing. I get that, but it's perception, right? You're setting expectation. Sure. Jason, Just to let our listeners know, when he says code silent, he's not talking about me. <laughs> did you get to create any new mechs for um uh did you get to create any new mechs for your upcoming books uh i have not yet um to be fair i don't know if i'd be any good at it okay I was, math, I was just i was just gonna ask thing, i was but... just gonna ask you whether you like doing that or not because Blaine um, has mixed reactions with that. <laughs> I, my taste generally run towards how many PPCs can I fit on something. <laughs> That's, rock That's on. why the Hellstar was in there. <laughs> so you made the Hellstar. Okay. <laughs> no, but I liked it. Hey, the like, Grand yeah. Titan is a great mech. Can't go any worse than that. <laughs> oh, but, uh, that uh, good name. <laughs> oh, so moving along, Aaron, do we got any regimental <laughs> updates? Uh, we do. We have some birthday wishes to go out to. <laughs> uh, yeah. We want to say happy birthday to Ram Jam. Happy and birthday, Ram Jam. Today, as of our recording, it is Joshua Jury's birthday. Jury. And Jury is old school, man. That guy has been around since the beginning, I think. An OG, right? He's OG. So you want to talk about uh, honor names. I think Jury should be in there for. for it just Wolf sounds Wolf. like an honor name. It really just should be. Everybody's gonna name their kid Judge. Oh snap! I did have a bone to pick with Jason. I mean, just a small one. <laughs> oh, it's fun, guys. Talk to you later. <laughs> well played, sir. It's it's really small, but it's so. In Redemption Rift, they have that whole investigation thing going on. Where was Wolfnet in all this? We got spies and, everywhere, man. We did. A <laughs> hundred years ago. <laughs> did. I like that. Did. <laughs> fair. Uh, fair. I'll I'll take that. <laughs> we gotta wait for our canon approval to get finished. <laughs> I'm sort of yeah, well. I can now edit Sarna, so I'm I'm really excited. Oh my god. I just have to learn Seems how like to do it. You guys in your party. <laughs> Great. Um, to the, the regiment uh as i don't know if jason knows but we made this mistake of putting out uh a call out to all of our facebook members who at that time were like 12 um thanks your, drew bethards what's yeah thanks drew what's your favorite mech and and uh and then we kind of collaborated every everybody's favorite mech and started doing mega mech games um as like a small wolf net special operations group you know, doing raids and this and that. And then uh, fast Thanks, forward buddy. about a year, we're at 11 companies plus now. And uh, I have been <laughs> trying to come up with campaigns and missions, and you might appreciate this. Uh, Wolfnet has been, uh, the Wolfnet Regiment has been, my task was to find the black boxes from the Fed mm-hmm. Suns. And in in current day, in 3146, I think we're in now, and that was Wolfnet's job was to go find black boxes and, and gather them together and, and be like, hey, now the Wolf Street Goons can have a leg up and, and we can start doing this. Well, 
Turns out my mysterious uh, contact was actually a hidden Word of Blake contingent. <laughs> and we are now in our final stages of uh, basically a giant planetary assault of the last Word of Blake holdout. And I can, uh, I can proudly uh, say now that looking at our scenario tracker, we have pretty much thumped every major... Uh, objective. I think we have nine major objectives taken. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, Jeez. eight. Eight major objectives taken. And uh, basically all that's left is uh, the headquarters and a mech factory in uh, Quadrant S1 for those who are keeping up. But uh, yeah, our uh, our battalions have been making good work of this. It's been a... I think we're on week seven now. <laughs> So seven or eight, it's been a it's, while. It's been a haul, but um, I think everyone's enjoyed it. We've uh, we've had a lot of we've upped our game on tracking armor and damage and resources and all this other stuff. So um, way to go, Wolfnet! I think we're gonna we're gonna wrap this baby up here soon. Um, it's been exciting. It may be a little too long, but uh, we kind of expected that. But uh, yeah. Special Operations Group is uh, kicking ass right now, so good for us. Third bat is the best bat, but second and fourth are uh, are uh, gonna claim title to uh, gonna. They're coming for you guys. Third, just letting you know, you better look out. Second and none. First bats, first bat. Just first, first bat. Just run that out there. They're the it's glory horse. They were first. <laughs> that's right can never can never be not first <laughs> so that's the regimental update for all of you guys following along uh if you want to join oh my god i don't know if i can handle any more companies uh if you want to join uh you just go to the facebook page and uh and uh you find the the pinned link that uh, has the roster on it and you just plug in your favorite mech that you think you would like to pilot we are no longer accepting assaults. <laughs> the assaults are done. We're supposed to be a special operations group, and I think our average weight in mechs is like 85 tons. So. <laughs> but uh, go on the Facebook page, join us up, uh, hit the Discord channel up. We have over... Oh my god, I don't even know how many Discord members we have. It's got to be 200 plus. Yeah, it was over 170 in the past already. It is, it is probably the best source you can ever have for tabletop, mega mech, um, fiction, miniatures. We have we have uh, channels for everything, and it is a very active group. Uh, we're on 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There's a always very, somebody on. It's a, so it's a very respect respectful group. Yes, yeah, it's a very respectful group. You keep hearing that as well from. Don't, players that uh we are very very open uh passionate about keeping our group uh fun and respectful and i mean we joke around and we have a good time too but uh don't be bringing in your word of blake bullshit mad drop (laughs) no more (laughs) wobies allowed we have one in here and he 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 thinks he's cute He's a he's Australian too. He's so. Australian. Oh no. Oh well. Can't blame one guy for everything. <laughs> yeah. Can. 
Oh, um, I did get a. We did have a, a certain Ram Jam uh, throw down the gauntlet to the WNRP guys. Um, I, I don't take kindly yeah. to subordinates yeah. uh, throwing talk around. So I, I don't know what I we're commi- going to I commissioned him to print me off that thing, and now he's going to make me play for it. That jack wagon. I don't know what we're going to, right. have to do about this, but uh, he's initiated so, uh, Bajal. So I can we can we announce kind of what we've been kicking around the idea to include everybody in on this? Throw it in. All right. So so for those of you that are on the Facebook group, you saw that Ram Jam issued a video batch all for us. We're we're going to head to. Uh, Indianapolis, July uh, 10th and 11th to to go play in the 350 at the Battle Barn. Well, Ram Jam thought it would be a good idea to challenge us to an 8K 3025 tech game. And he put up a couple of items that he's 3D printed for us uh, as as a Sorla. So I would I'm, I'm thinking that what I'd like to do is I'd like to see the Facebook group put together four 8K armies following the 3025 tech. We can post the rules, um, you know, when, the when the podcast goes live. But it will be 3025 tech out of the TRO. It's not, well, this clan Omni was created then or this. It's Intersphere only, 3025 tech. Um, but we're going to randomly assign... Um, each army to each opponent, and we're going to go head to head. That way, we can get, uh, so, you know, try and get some more people involved in it. We'll stream the game. We'll uh, try and do everything we can to make sure that it's accessible for for as many people as possible. So when when we're down there doing that, just remember, um, I don't like to move when I shoot. Right, oh, not that right. <laughs> we're going to stand in, we're gonna stand in place and wait for our ammo bins to explode. <laughs> <laughs> thank God you won't be in your night, Wolf. Oh, thank goodness. Ooh, uh, Jason, if I can ask one favor in your next book, I don't know, I don't care what it is, but just be like, hey, there's also another variant of the Night Wolf that will force Canon to create another variant of the Night Wolf because the one I have now, I'm not a big fan of. Because he can't use it correctly. <laughs> he doesn't know how to play. <laughs> You and I are both fans of ERPPCs. Just load it up. So, hey, I, I, since, we're, since we're speaking about uh, Ram Jam, didn't you get something in the mail there, Colonel? Yeah. I did. Yes, I did. And it's mine. So, Colonel Crow. Fuck you guys. It's mine. <laughs> hey, are you, you going to read the letter? Uh, I don't yeah. have the letter on me. In the show notes, I don't, I don't carry it with me everywhere. Like a, like a cherished memento. Anyways, oh, you want me to read it? Oh, it's right here. Here it stands, Colonel okay. Krull. I can, I can read it. I can read it. This is, this is yeah. how I imagine Ram Jam writing this, this letter. <laughs> Colonel Krull, oh my God! Please accept this token of appreciation from Indiana Alpha Strike Group due to our inability to acquire more patches to replace the one so violently stolen from you by that notorious emerald pigeon. May this never fall into his talons. Sincerely, with all of my love and affection, Lieutenant Ram Jam, third bat, best bat. I'm definitely stealing that one from you. (laughs) I didn't realize you were such a voice actor. Oh, man, I got voices. voices. See, that's his original voice. 
<laughs> I could have I could have done this in like my terrible British accent that like and, slips and in and out of Australian and British, but now now what did you get for an item? I got something really cool. <laughs> Jesus. It's mine and you guys will never have it. I don't want it. We just want you to explain it so people I understand. Got a, I got a very cool 3D printed outline of the Wolfnet uh, wolf head. And I'm going to mount that and I'm going to throw some orange LEDs behind it and it's going to look Ooh. awesome. It'll look tight. And it's going to say, Colonel, you're number one in all our hearts. Oh my God. Nobody ever sends the Colonel anything. How come everybody <laughs> I, else gets I say things? one thing on the podcast and I get one gift. And that's fine. That's okay. That's all I want. <laughs> Good. All right, Good. guys. You know what that means. Everybody Send start sending Colonel a bag of dicks. A bag of, di- <laughs> bag of dicks. Yeah. What is this thing, by the way? Uh, never mind. Let's just let's just keep it. Whatever. It's just like when you get like a thirty-one forty-five blister. It's like, thank <laughs> you. If you want to know his address, call up Joe. Joe knows the address. Yeah, he does have my address. I, I, I don't know where he got your address. <laughs> I, I, it'd be hard to find out. I don't know. All right, so well, rolling back, rolling back the clock. I mean, you want to talk about BA? Ooh, BA. Yes. All right. Tactics. Ooh, tactics. Yay, tactics. Before this, do we want to let Jason go to bed? May. If he wants to go to bed. I don't care. I I think he did without our permission. (laughs) Oh, is he snoring? He's not snoring yet. He's not snoring yet. (laughs) Jason, you want to exit? We're at at two hours and 35 minutes. If you guys are done with me, I'll go to bed. Well, on that note, sir, we want to thank you. Uh, very much for joining us on the podcast and expressing and uh, giving us some tidbits on the way you do things and what's coming in the future. And uh, also us uh, giving you some hoo for uh, an awesome author. We appreciate you and thank you. My pleasure, guys. I'm sure this thank will be the last, uh, last uh, ball game you guys give me. So next time I come, Expect a little more harshness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're just, we're just buttering in. you up now so you come back. Next time, it's not going to be that easy. That's what I expect. <laughs> Jason, yeah, good thank evening. you very much, buddy. Thank you, sir. Thank Hold you. on. Hold on before you leave. Uh, Aaron, mark it. Mark it. I Jason, it. I, I, I just I want to apologize. I didn't mean to go off by any of the catalyst things or whatever. I'm probably, mm-hmm. I'll probably edited it out. <laughs> no, I honestly, it, it wasn't directed at you. It was things that we've heard. And I know that you have contacts and you're closer than Blaine is to most of those guys. If anything can and will be taken up, great. If not, completely understand too. I didn't mean to go off. I hope it wasn't oh, taken. So here's the question. Jason, would you like some of those things edited out? Because we can do that. No, it's fine. I, and I didn't take it as going off. Um can't promise I can get any of it done, but I can certainly send it on, and it all seems reasonable to me. So I don't see I any do. reason not to send it on. So how do you guys know that Lauren doesn't listen to our podcast every single time? Cut me. He's probably our first download. Here's the deal: I know Lauren doesn't know how to download the podcast because <laughs> I don't know if he knows how to turn on a computer. He, he, he usually turns to his son Talon and be like, "Hey, can, can we get that fixed? Okay, all right, let's just get fixed. Yeah, uh-huh. okay, bye." <laughs> 
<laughs> that, that's how I know he doesn't listen to us. I can't promise to make you guys CEO, but I'll do what I can. Oh, well, they, well, you, you do your best. I know you'll try. It's the only one I wrote but... down. I actually <laughs> yes! Perfect. Just Perfect. the fact you're trying. We appreciate that. And, and Jason? Jason, yes, Jason thank you're... you so much. Thanks you so yes. much for joining us tonight. Yes. You're my, you're my favorite author. Oh. Ooh. We're not, we're not going to edit that out. We're going <laughs> to make that in. Oh, no, that's staying in. Make sure you leave that in and send me the timestamp so I can send it to Blaine. <laughs> well, okay, okay here, here's what I'll do. I'll, I'll edit that out and I'll put it at the end of the episode. But see what I'll do is, is I'll, I'll send Blaine an email. I'll be like, look, one up. <laughs> one up. <laughs> one nothing. One nothing, Schmetzer. <laughs> That's going to be the end. I'm going to edit that out and I'll put that at the very end. That's going to be great. After Maybe you make the episode that name. <laughs> Plus one. <laughs> you notice how solid I was when I said it too. <laughs> With authority. With authority. Truth. Thank you so great, much guys. for being up late with us, you. Jason. Hope you had a good time. Did. Have a great night. All right, you we'll uh, we'll hit you up when the new book comes out. Alrighty, I'll be here. Have a good one. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you, guys. All right, gentlemen. Shout outs. Um, I'll, I'll start off just so nobody can steal mine. Um, first of all, Jason, cause for being awesome and coming on the show and staying up past his bedtime. Um, but, uh, the other ones I wanted to get to were, uh, Jason Hansa and, uh, Craig Reed Jr. Um, uh, their stories in the shrapnel were amazing. Um, so I'm, you know, if you guys listen, great job. If you, if you know those guys, tell them good job it was uh super amazing stuff that they had in there look forward to the next shrapnel coming out that was a good one i didn't even think about putting shrapnel on the list damn it <laughs> uh, i'll do mine mine's real quick i want to give a shout out to mark fallen uh he's one of our newer members and he has been talking a lot about uh, fiction and a lot of stuff i think he's been talking to dirks a little bit maybe um, but he sent me a, he sent me some of his stuff and I've, I've told him this is my week has been hell and I've been trying to get through Redemption Rift cause I'm a terrible Battletech fan and I just read it this week. Um, but, uh, I want to give him a shout out cause I'm reading your stuff this next week and, uh, I'm going to give him all the criticism and praise that I can. Um, it's awesome to see budding fiction writers, uh, especially with shrapnel coming through and, and giving them that opportunity to get their stuff in there. Um, but, um, yeah, he sent me a, a big book. <laughs> I don't know if it was a book, but it was, it's a, uh, it's, it's a few thousand words and I'm really looking forward to reading it. Um, so hopefully next time I'll be able to, to dive into what he's got, but I would just want to give out a shout, shout to Mark Fallen and any other, uh, aspiring fiction writers out there. Um, I, I am accepting your stuff and I will get to it sooner or later. I just love reading fiction. So send me your stuff, um, and I'll get to it. So that's my shout out. Um, all right. My shout out is to all of the fathers in our listener listening group. Happy father's day. Happy um, father's day. 
we, oh, we yeah. are recording Sunday. We, you know, this will come out here in the next couple of days. Um, I also want to thank Jason for coming on. Um, you, everyone needs to understand. I mean, we we know some of these guys through email and that kind of stuff, but you know, it it, it takes a lot for people to come on a podcast or a show and and get blindsided by questions and being able to, to answer and, and go things on the fly. And it, we're, we're just, I'm really thankful for those that take the chance on us to come on the show and, and um, participate. So it, it, it is a lot for them to do. And, and I appreciate their sacrifice for doing it. So they're putting themselves out there on a sacrifice, putting themselves out there. Trueborns don't have fathers. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Tommy. Oh, so so mine is um shout out to to Joe and Mario for uh kind of uh giving us more content. <laughs> um they were uh we've been talking to them for quite a bit and they've been helping us. I would say they've been helping us quite a bit out for odds and ends and and and, and that type of stuff. So I know I shout out to Brute. But say, man, we were so close. I don't care. To having one episode without Mario in it, but you know, whatever. I I don't follow your direction anyway, right? (laughs) That's true. That's true. (laughs) So so shout out to those two. Matt. It's uh it's it started to be a long haul and we're we're really enjoying this um i appreciate the community because they give us something to talk about and we don't think of something and the fans keep this thing running and the only thing we do is just facilitate it so i just wanted to shout out to everyone just thank you for appreciating this game being open-minded community alive Uh, stay positive keep hope because things will get better and things are already good so maintain intestinal fortitude keep pushing well nicely said man keep trucking man and we wish you uh, a good evening and a pleasant tomorrow. Facebook page, Discord, Gmail. Look us up. YouTube. How? <laughs> oh. 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 Oh.